another satisfied customer out the door. Dude, I don't know what it is about today, but we are raking in the money. You're killing it, dude. People loving your charm. I don't know what it is. It's, you know, you read the newspaper, you see the TV. All they talk about is video stores going out of business, but this one, it's Fuck booming yes. now, dude. We're doing something right. What's up, Dan? I I don't have time to talk. I'm so busy. Yeah, dude. The store is, it's never been better. I know. It's finally, so our dreams are coming like, true. I'm in the bathroom. I'm doing this, you know? Like, we're actually, like, serving customers. And- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man. You guys do Life's make me clean the bathroom a lot. Hey, that... That's yesterday, dude. There's no more problems anymore. So yeah, dude. We're making money. We can hire some guys. People love us. I think so. And I'm going to tell you what. I think we could both probably pull a 20 out of the till. <laughs> I already have. Grab some McDonald's on the way home. Real. Hell yeah. Real money. <gasps> Indonesia. Dude. I just had the fucking weirdest dream. Listen, I don't have I don't have time to deal with that, dude. I've been training a lot of the raccoons in the back alley to get back at these fourth and fifth graders oh, that have ruined my life. Terrible. This is definitely uh this is real life then. I dreamed that we uh we had the best day ever at the store and Dan was actually helping customers and not complaining about the bathroom and Dude, nobody ever wants to hear about dreams. Uh, a lot of these raccoons have chewed who through you, the electrical wires at this point. Who do you guys point. know I in did Ireland? did not foresee this. I, I don't know. I only know you guys. My life fucking sucks. Our numbers are terrible for the show. Dude, you all right? Oh, man. I just had fucking drooled yeah. all over the counter. I had like a- You're cleaning that up. Yeah, well, it's nothing- that's nothing new, but this time it's because I was asleep and I had like a one of those like dreams inside oh, really? of a dream. Did you do that thing where you told a person that they don't like hearing about dreams? Yeah, I told you because you kill your nobody wife? ever likes hearing about dreams. I've just seen a lot of movies about that. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, then this must be a dream if if he's Fucking, married, right? That's true. Hey. Oh. Oh shit. At least one thing's going right for me, huh? Please, no one else wake up. Let me have a little bit of joy. Take the cue, Dan. <laughs> oh. Guys? Dude, you drooled all over Kron's drool. Ugh. What? That's gross, dude. You couldn't put a napkin down before you took a nap? Call Christopher Nolan. That was as weird as... I dreamed. Or maybe it's a nightmare. Like, the store was doing really good. I love hearing about people's dreams. No, people hate hearing Wait, about Okay, so the store dreams. was doing really well. It was doing great. Then I had, like... All of a sudden, this the podcast is doing terrible. Kron, yeah, so that's real. No, Kron was married. No, no surprises. <laughs> okay, so that's a dream again. Oh, 
please let this one be real. Even just the idea that I can dream that I'm married is <laughs> beautiful to me. <gasps> Guys, Kron, I know what you're going to say, but just let me finish, all right? I just had like a quadruple dream where I dreamed that shit was going really well. And then you were dreaming that you were like training raccoons or some shit. And then Dan was dreaming. He he'd fallen asleep on your dream in your dream, if that makes sense. And then he was acknowledging that there were we were two dreams deep. <sighs> Thanks I for letting me finish. Mine, because I gotta. You gotta wait. No, I thought based on your long pause. No, I was being legit. I actually wasn't being shitty about you cutting me off. I was I was a genuine. I should have been faster about the thank you. I'm sorry. Anyway, this week on Five Day Rentals, we're talking Brain Dead from 1990. Five Day Rentals, the video store podcast. Each week, one of us takes a crack at picking a flick that we think meets a fun non-genre category. I'll be hosting today. I am Bones, joined as always by my two co-hosts. Whoever wants to go first, go go ahead. Introduce yourself. Hey, it's me. It's Kron, uh, number one on the pod. Uh, hey, guys. Number one uh, co-host over here, Dan. Just wanted to say hey. That's not true. That he doesn't want to say hey? Yeah, he doesn't want to say that shit, dude. He, he has to say hey because of the podcast yeah. format. Usually I say howdy. I wonder who Dan's talking to in Ireland. Captain Howdy. I heard we're doing really well. Hey, Captain Ireland. Howdy. Thank you, guys. We love you. Did mm-hmm. I point out on the Discord somewhere? Like, So I just recently uh, rewatched. I Let's call it an actual watch. I did The Exorcist. I know I've seen it before, drunk at parties or whatever. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, never caught the Captain Howdy reference. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I what think we, we probably talked about it in the <laughs> Strange Did we? I, okay. I think someone probably mentioned it along the way. Maybe in Dan's notes or something. Mm-hmm. Probably there. Danny Duck, get on that. Yeah, the... Notes that it's, have been sent to the Smithsonian for archiving. Yeah. Definitely one of those movies where... Or it'd send that shit to space it, and just shoot it. <laughs> Keep going. It It's so relatively tame by our standards, but I could absolutely see, you know, how fucking wild it would have been at the time. Well, I think, wasn't it kind of like a... Um, like everyone saw it. Like even hardcore Christian people were like, "You gotta see The Exorcist. This <laughs> shit, shit is real." It was the much cooler, like '60s equivalent of The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> so you never had fully sat down and did the it's, whole thing. 
there was very little on this watch that I hadn't seen before. But it was more about like if I were to maybe try to piece it together and tell you what happens, I could. But I I I totally forgot about the fucking opening in Iraq that doesn't really mean a lot, but does mean a lot. And totally forgot about the cop who might have been my fucking favorite character. I think that whole scene with him at the house asking for the autograph and shit was my favorite. It was just so unnecessarily tense. But I'll be honest. It was really good, man. I've never seen two or three. Three is a good watch. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think any of them are really related in a substantial way, but three is a cool movie. Well, she comes back, the daughter comes back for three, right? Who, I don't know. I mean, it's like completely different, you know, it's like a whole different setup. I it, Like, if she does come back, that's not the main driving force to like what is happening in Exorcist 3. Right. And I've been open about this. I talk about like every October the last few years, I've tried to like force my wife to sit down and like we actually watch some spooky movies because she's careful there. not really a fan. Uh, this year we're tapering. We uh, we did Exorcist, then Phantasm, which was fucking great. Mm-hmm. So if you guys haven't seen it, listen, take a uh, DK's advice from Nerds Geeks and check that shit out. Were they fucking arguing? Wild, I think they I think were, we're arguing about what um, what's his nuts did to it. J.J. Abrams, <laughs> yeah. And Chris I, is I like, guess. he just put his fucking name on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to DK, yeah, like because the, the remaster looks incredible. I have the looks remaster incredible. on Blu-ray, and that's what I noticed. I was like, bad robot. Like, mm-hmm. huh? But yeah. yeah, they were arguing about that on an episode. It says to. it in like the shutter description. It's like remastered by J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot, but it looks good. Sound fucking incredible. So, well, I think we're going to do it for the show. I think I'm going to. I did not rate it purposely. I was like, this is going to be fun to do here. What did Sam think of The Exorcist? Uh, about halfway through, I was like, it's pretty wild, huh? You doing okay? And then I looked over and she was on her phone and she was like, I realized that I had watched this already. So <laughs> she had toned out. But I would say a third of the way into Phantasm, when the ball shows up, she was just cracking up. She was like, what is this? <laughs> like, who is that? Who is this? Like... It's like, that's the fucking ice cream guy. Bonus. That's uh, this dude. That's this guy. I'd guess you've never seen any of the sequels? No. Okay. No. I think in, like, two, this is not spoiling anything. I think in two, that guy Reggie builds, like, a four-barrel shotgun. But that's, like, the only S- thing I remember from a sequel. Okay. Sweet shotgun sequence in one. I'm mm-hmm. having, yeah. I'm. It's that thing where... I kind of want to wait. I want to savor them and take my time with them. But also considering how much DK like ramps it up and he and I seem to align quite a bit. I'm like, fuck, what do I do here? But next on the docket is Beetlejuice, which she has never seen. And then uh, we're going to do Blade. Nice. So, but we're not here to talk about Exorcist and. Phantasm and Blade or Beetlejuice. We're here to talk about Brain Dead. But before we talk about Brain Dead, 
You might have noticed a break in our feed. And right before this bad boy, one hefty giant crossover there. So go back and check that out. Make sure you're subbing to all those shows. Voting should be live as of this drop. It is for charity people. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to force people to go back. Yeah. uh, Check out my sweet picks. Couldn't be happier that I'm in first place, everyone. Couldn't be happier Uh, that I'm leading the thing. But I'm going to be honest. I don't want to win. I want Kron to win so no. I can start to play the, rig, the f- rigged card. No. Because it, it's it's taking a toll on me emotionally. Kron that never wins anything. Well, because it's always a rigged Because it's all rigged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always no. 100% rigged. If it was fair, I would probably win, but it never is. It's taking a real uh, Trump approach. It convinced half of America, dude. These fucking <laughs> dumb dumbs out here. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully people listen to the uh, the last rewind episode that w- that started Kron on this uh, current rigged stance, and then that was immediately followed by uh, a legal thriller on the Best Little Horror House in Philly Patreon, which backed it up even more. If you're listening to us, you really should be sub to those shows already. But uh, Brain Dead, guys, first watch. Yeah. Oh, shit. We got to talk about the category. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about the category. I'm all out of whack. Taking a week off. Fuck me up. All right. Uh, Three shots. The Paxton Pullman Paradox. Kind of a squeeze in category for me since I had a Satan one and another one taken away. Um, Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton, everybody gets them mixed up even when you know who they are. Um, so this category, we're just picking flicks that these guys are in. Mm-hmm. could be any of them. I just happened to find one that featured both of them. I forget what the other one was that... Uh, it's a Walter Hill film. That, that Brantley picked out. Oh, okay. Brewster's Millions. <laughs> Brewster's Millions. Uh, where do you guys come down on Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton? Same guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One guy uh, who Duh. works under two different names. Yeah. Double in his cash. Smart man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those things where I looked up both of these guys, you know, filmographies preparing for this. And I saw a lot of movies where I was like, I love that movie. Couldn't tell you who Bill Pullman is. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> The, both these guys, I, I don't know. They just uh, blend into the background, I guess, on certain features. Real think, chameleons. Yeah. I think Paxton has a little more of the the wilder side than Pullman, Pullman does. Yeah. I think Paxton, I think the his Texas accent... Sticks with him no matter what he's doing, but he always leans into being a little bit, like you said, wilder. You know, he will put he will put some stank on whatever supporting role, including Brain Dead, to kind of stand out. Where I feel like Pullman is, and this is not a knock, as bland as he can be for the sake of the story. So. Pullman's always been ID4 president. 
Right. But it, he's fucking incredible. Like, yeah. think of one like speech. YouTube montage inspirational speech video that doesn't feature that ID4, you know, hype speech. Zero effect. Hopefully none of you picked zero effect. Too fucking good for the show. We'll see. You never know. He's incredible in that. Paxton is beautiful in Predator 2. Just uh, great character. Doesn't have very much going on there, but you still remember him. Yeah. Kind of a Cameron mainstay. Yeah. I mean, in no, no doubt he would have been in. He's not in the original Avatar, I don't think. Well, he was in No but Doubt, I, the band. Oh, yeah. Oh, he played bass on Tragic Kingdom. Fuck, dude. Excellent bass player. Did the score for Simple Plan. Made some money off that. Mm-hmm. Kron, do you know any songs from Tragic Kingdom? Uh, Yeah, let me think. Uh, The one that is like, I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind. I figured you were going with that one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I mean, I love these guys. Two of my faves. Don't speak, Kron. Shit. Uh, I don't know. What you, I already said a thing. They blend in. I don't know who they are. I couldn't pick them out of a lineup of two. So there you go. Leave a message and I'll call you back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hence the fun of the category. Thanks, Dan. Uh, all right. Well, you guys ready to hop into this bet? Oh, have you seen, had you seen Brain Dead prior? No. First no, watch I, for me. I think there's another movie called Brain Dead where it's all one word and Peter Jackson. Yeah, I think I, yeah. I think I had seen that one before, but not this one. Is that the lawnmower? No, that's the that that's the lawnmower, man. <laughs> why'd you why'd you do that? Because I knew. Well, I watched this on uh, Plex and got a shit ton of ads, so I'm I'm swearing I'm swearing off Plex and I'm going back to Tubi because even the HD. That Plex said that this was in didn't look much better than our old old friend Tubi SD. I I didn't think the Tubi transfer was that good. I mean, it was no, it's a, but the the it's Plex good. HD wasn't that much better. <laughs> okay, I got to tell you, man. Anytime I start a movie and it that that light comes on and you see that full screen, that as much as I want to channel my father and go i paid for this whole fucking screen you know you do love it sometimes did they uh, one of us needs to buy the shout factory blu-ray to see if it's still bad looking i guess for this one yeah because i think they put out a blu-ray of it so uh it's possible because on the on tubi it's got the shout factory logo. uh little logo on it but i mean is that what the blu-ray looks like because it's it, it looks like sd quality i mean i can't imagine that that's you yeah. know been restored or anything well be the change you want to see buy it oh i already bought Rip so it much from shout factory <laughs> do you guys uh, know arrow's got a streaming hand. service yes yeah yeah so does alamo 
Wow. That's just the A's. Yeah, I know. Is there a letter that doesn't start a streaming service? Yeah, there's X. I can't think of a... There's probably... Oh, I've got one on my (laughs) Roku. (laughs) X2. There's um, a few X's in it, actually. Did you guys' Roku's ever overheat? All the time. I don't have a Roku, dude. I thought I sent you a Roku. You sent me an Amazon Fire Stick, which just stopped working in the last couple days. Very suspicious after Bones was promoting Apple TV so hardcore. You both were, and then my Fire Stick burned up. Like two days later, I'm in, it's like, your Roku stick is overheating. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And yeah, dude, I go up there to touch it. I was like, God damn. I never trusted the little. I never trusted the little stick thing. So too small. I did find out that Walmart is running Apple TV for ninety nine bucks, but it's a generation two. So nah, stay away from that. Yeah, just pay the one fifty or whatever. Just get it, Cron. I'll send you one. I'm about to buy me another one. You don't have to. I just have to get one for this TV now because the. uh, Or wait, I don't want one. Bones, send me one too. Nah, that's all right. Hey. If I, I just sent out a very uh, fun care package to somebody that sent us a very nice uh, uh, DM. So that just be a warning to you. If if you like the show and you hit us up. There's something in your future. Yeah. And the you may not want what I sent you. We'll send you, a, send you something. some of Dan's notes that got shot out into space. Yeah. Got a ton of them. Also, I'll give hair out. I don't I got enough. Cool. Did you guys ever see uh, Jade, the William Freakin' movie? <laughs> no. I've always yeah. seen the cover, though, where she's, like, up against the yeah. wall. There's a whole thing about, uh, well, there's a guy that, like, keeps uh, lockets oh. of hair. <laughs> it sounds like a great movie for this podcast. <laughs> it would be. Does it have Paxton or Pullman in it? I don't think so. Oh, man. That's what Wachowski, or no, you said freaking. It's freaking, yeah. Who's a, what's the movie like that that the Wachowskis did? Bound? Bound. Bound. I think they both came out at like the same time. Oh, Bound's Maybe. hot as hell, dude. <laughs> Is Jade with Caruso? I can't remember who's in Jade. David Caruso. I know this. I think I might mix him up with another one that. Nick Cage is in. Oh, the Caruso Cage, Caruso Cage paradox. paradox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Write that down. Conundrum. Yeah, that worked better. All right, you guys ready? Brain Dead, 1990, directed by Adam Simon. Uh, Dan, I'm going to cut you off real quick. I'm sure this might be uh, in your notes. Uh, this was um, an original originally written by somebody that worked on the twilight zone like back in the 60s or something and whoever produced this went through like a shit ton of old scripts and found this and modernized it do you want more on that yeah let's do that now i I thought that might be relevant before we okay this is a i don't know if it's in his whole uh discussion our filmography, but it is Roger Corman. And but it's not a new world. Yeah, okay. That's what I meant. Okay. 
So it's not actually New World, but his daughter would intern each summer and he would make her go through all the scripts that was sent to him just out of the blue. And whichever was the best one throughout the summer, they would present to him like, hey, maybe this would make a a good movie. And this was one of the ones that was the best for that summer internship that she did. My dad used to make me dig out tree stumps. Yeah. Pick up sticks and rocks and shit. What a life. Mm-hmm. My fucking dad came into my room with a banker's box full of old scripts yeah. and said, here, stay in air conditioning and read these. Yeah. Don't come outside for 15 you minutes. fucking we're, nerd. We're filming a topless scene. Yeah. Tell dad what movie to make next. <laughs> the power is yours. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, Dan. Uh, so, we opened. We got some old school MRIs. We got some brain activity. This is cut in with our opening title cards. Oh, how much did those title cards cost? It's uh, white times new Roman on a pure black background. Yeah. Somebody stenciled some fucking white out <laughs> over some old film stock and. This ran it through real quick. And they only have like three MRI shots too. Like it's keeps going through. Yeah. It looks like a Halloween lifetime movie. Kind of. Oh, this, this whole thing has like, there's competent movement throughout. Like it's framed really well. And it like, somebody knows what they're doing, but the quality really is USA movie. Mm -hmm. Like it. All right. Well, I could, Uh, I could see how, like, if you just got the script of this, you would think, like, this thing's going to be a home run. Like, this, yeah. it's an interesting movie. And then it's mm-hmm. just kind of, I guess at some point, you know, whoever made the decision was like, we're not going to put a lot of money into this one. So that, yeah, if, we're, if we want to kind of preemptively talk that, I think that hurts the movie more than anything, as you can tell how how little they had to work with. Uh, All right. We are in a hallway. In walks Dr. Martin. This is Bill Pullman. Uh, Two passerbys. They joke that Martin can't even find his lab. He goes into room eight. He's got to fix the number first. It's tipped over, kind of like an infinity sign. He flips it, corrects it. Whoa, what? What? Stop the movie. Uh if you watched on Plex, you would have got an ad, and it would have stopped the movie this early <laughs> on. All right. Uh, he finds a lab assistant torturing a brain that is connected to a face. So this is your cover um, if you look this bad boy up. So this fucking lab tech is just shooting electricity via prod into this brain and making this face contort all weird. Best, I think Best thing they did. Two-thirds of the budget went into this, I think. I was going to say making the face the cover of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, they had to be trying to pull in a different kind of audience than what this movie was for. Like, I'm going to say yeah. three-fourths of the people that got it were like, this ain't a fucking horror movie. This is fucking boring. Yeah. Um. All right. Dr. Martin, he comes in. He's kind of having none of this assistant fucking around. Tells the assistant to climb into the stack and get two class threes. We see this entire wall 
metal shelves got to be what 16 feet high we're talking uh, enough to need oh, a ladder yeah dozens of brains enough to require a ladder you need to get logistically better at storing here folks jeez yeah uh as soon as this tech starts climbing this ladder you know what's going to happen this fucking doofus. He ends up knocking over a perfectly fine specimen. Martin asks, who was it? He starts going on about every brain is a living record of a life. The, uh, we start to see... The way he knocks it over, too, looks like he did it intentionally. <laughs> like, yes. He kind of, like, hooks his arm fully around the jar and, like, swipes it off. I mean... Yeah. He does the thing where he climbs up the ladder and then starts to move it. He starts pulling himself... So he's already moved six feet. He could have easily moved another six inches and would have easily been able to grab this without incident. Bones is used to this because he grew up with an actual library in his house and had this. Yeah, yeah. My dad was a famous film producer, so we had stacks of, of old film scripts that I had to go through. <laughs> Real Brewster's Million over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I would do this and then I'd go outside to the garage fridge grab a phantom menace pepsi yeah if you got a little uh overheated on the way you could start stop at the kitchen fridge to <laughs> get a beverage there i uh just recently went to uh i went and saw our our friend cron here uh on my way to Asheville and went to Whatever that fucking house is, I've totally forgotten it. The, I was kind of underwhelmed by it. The Biltmore? The Biltmore, yeah. Just absolute unnecessary extravagance. Um, my mother's obsessed with the thing. We ultimately, we were not going to go. Have either of you gone to the Biltmore? Never I've, even heard of this. I've been to Asheville, but we did not okay. go to the Biltmore. So, Dan, you can look this up. The Biltmore is like the largest private residence in the U.S. Like this fucker at the, the beginning of the 1900s. Yeah, Vanderbilt. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, v- Vanderbilt University that somebody used to be connected with um, was like named Man. after the dad. That dad's or that guy's son who was like an artist and loved fucking travel and was a mama's boy, used his cut of the riches to build, yeah, mm-hmm. to build a giant house. Um, I don't know. If it's a rainy day, maybe go. But, I mean, just fucking go to the Smoky Mountains, man. It's fucking beautiful. But, or I'll, just walk around Asheville and I wanted to beer. go to that one in California where she built all the crazy shit in it, where, like, you just... Winchester? Yeah. Yeah, like there's door. Didn't they do a movie about that? Yeah, she kept building like, onto it. Or- it's Harry Potter was in it, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Actual Harry Potter. No, mm-hmm. the guy who played Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe? Daniel Radcliffe? Right. Or no, I'm thinking of like the woman in black or some shit. Yeah. It had Helen um, Bonham Carter. <laughs> it did have a Helen in it. Who's a really hot? Well, Helen Mirren. Wasn't she in it? Whatever. Who cares? All right. But uh, anyway, the point of the thing was we're we're ripping on you know bones growing up being Brewster's millions. Mm-hmm. I I have no fucking need 
for a mansion or a giant library. I was walking around this thing just like, this is ridiculous. If you want a real good laugh, look up photos of the gym. <laughs> Their little old school gymnasium. Did you with, Did you uh, like take a piss in the hallway just to get back at those <laughs> rich pieces of shit? You can't even use, there's no bathroom that you can use in oh, this giant mansion. Really? You pay like $90 to walk through it and you got to piss outside <laughs> in like the courtyard with like the fucking snack bar and shit. Like in the they, like in the stables, they built like a little courtyard with a snack bar and bathrooms and a bookstore. That's wild. I mean, it's the, a, a the house, giant money grab. Yeah, the house is massive. They couldn't have built one <laughs> public use bathroom. Well, it was one of the first homes in the U.S. to have, like, it was built with running water and plumbing, Mm -hmm. but you as the person who's, like, on a guided tour, you're not allowed to use that toilet. I guess they would. Helen Mirren, yes. Okay. I guess they want to remind you that you could never have a house like that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. So, anyway, this fucker knocks over a perfectly good brain. Pullman who is Dr. Martin, goes on about every brain is a living uh, record of a life. Uh, We're starting to see Martin's attachment to his work, to these brains. He orders the tech to try to salvage it, tells him to put like 80% more gelatin in the container. Let's see if we can salvage this. Yeah, it sounds like they're just making a brain jello at that point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like something uh, they would serve in the 60s at a card party. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I instantly had to pause and get a snack when I heard that. It sounded delicious. J-E-L-L-O. Martin starts talking to one of the paranoid brains, starts to joke with it. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't out to get you. Uh, Quick cut, Martin's office. He's having an assistant transcribe something. He starts going on about brain moistness. Like everything that we know, like any problem with the brain has to do with its it's thickness, it's weight, it's dryness, it's moistness. I think he says madness depends on its moistness and quotes Hippocrates or something. Forced what, 400 BC or some shit. It sounds like something uh, you would like read about in, I don't know, like psychology class when they were like, this is what people used to think medicine was. <laughs> like, yeah, you got to get a moist brain to... <laughs> Function yeah, the properly. same people that believed in bleeding and leeching <laughs> would go on about like how moist the the criminal's brain was. Paxton comes in looking slick as hell. This is his 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 good buddy Jim. He's kind of drunk from a lunch meeting. Hell yeah! Starts lamenting. I've been the there. Universe is just a wet dream. He's quoting a professor Ang. Pullman says something about like, yeah, those liberal arts classes are paying off. But uh, Paxton is is solemn. He's sad and deflated about a uh, about this meeting, and he starts going on and mentioning. Uh, he hints at Martin's wife. It's like you 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 did everything right. You even married the the most beautiful and smartest girl in our class. He's leaning over a like he's barely awake. I think Pullman makes him like a fucking Alka-Seltzer um, hands it over to him and then Paxson goes on about I've lost everything I lost Halsey Martin starts to pry a little further Paxson reveals that uh, his company Eunice 
owns a lakeside mental hospital or a lakeside sanitarium, which is a mental hospital. And it is currently housing this genius mathematician that went nuts and killed his family. That's Halsey. Some of the board on Eunice, uh, they think that Halsey is faking. But Halsey, in his head, has some magic equation that Eunice needs. So in this conversation, it's a quick workaround. Paxson is basically there to try to get Pullman to do some brain work on this dude. See if he can either reverse the paranoia or, as we find out later, potentially fuck him up. So even if he is faking... He can't release this equation to anybody else. There's a there's a part, I don't know if it's here, but there's a part where they're talking about the equation and it looks like Halsey is just doing like a, a crossword puzzle made up of only numbers. And that's a little that's a little later. A little yeah. Later. Yeah, but they're like, we gotta get that equation. And it's like, I don't think this guy's competent to <laughs> provide it to you. I mean This is all the Netflix uh, algorithm. This is what this whole movie is about. Yeah, there's one guy locked in a room doing number crosswords that tell you what movie to watch. Birth of Netflix. With fucking mini golf pencils. Oh, God. Uh, Those are golf pencils. We we started watching- I only mini golf. I like to feel big. We started watching Blonde. Uh, Is is it like super nudity? I heard it was NC-17. it is NC. I don't know. We got forty five minutes in, and I was like, "This is so depressing." And just like, <laughs> like it, it's just no. people can't seem to make their mind up. Well, they it, like love it or hate it. You're gonna have NC seventeen. I mean, give me something a little fun in oh, there. Yeah, you're only forty five minutes in, Karan. Yeah, uh, forty five minutes out of the three hours that that movie doesn't need to be. <laughs> she could put James Dean up her butt. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Based on the first 45 minutes, I was like, let's turn this shit off and put an Arrested Development on. I can't do That's this. That's Jimmy Dean, Dan, that you're thinking. It's the uh, sausage. Did she throw up on the camera already? No. It's okay. just it's like her miserable childhood that turns into her miserable 20s. That's what we watched. To tell the truth, I had it up last night, but then I started watching Halloween 4, so... <laughs> Because I was like, oh, it's October. I can't watch this. I looked at Francis and I was like, say what you will about the movie, but at least Showgirls gave you NC-17 with a little bit of humor about it. I mean. Yeah. And we all know that was Kron's pick in the 90s draft. Mm-hmm. Thanks for giving it a Get ready. Mm-hmm. Sneak peek future reference. So Pullman it, at first, it's on the, he's a little... It's on the list for that year. <laughs> Duh. Mm-hmm. What, we might have to... I think we should do like... to this one? We should bring Showgirls on onto this podcast. <laughs> perfect. It's a perfect movie for this. Mm-hmm. Right now. Girls, come on in. <laughs> oh, that would be so hot, dude. <laughs> I could not be drunk. There's no way I could. We could go that episode without a particular person showing up, and I can't. All right, he can't be drunk. All right. Um, this made me think, though. I wonder if we should do like a half hour. We should do like we should devote a half hour, maybe mini ep to just like analyzing the draft. Like if we don't have time, because uh, we'll peek behind the curtain, folks. We haven't recorded it yet, but when we do, Wait, I think. What? <laughs> 
maybe I quit. do a little do a little uh, talking dead like talking draft thing after that might be cool. Yeah, after seven hours of recording, not the same day. <laughs> I'm saying maybe we maybe after the results are done. You know, like we can bit. You know, Kron can come on here and bitch about the voting and mm-hmm. how that was all rigged. It was all rigged. So, yeah, yeah. All right. So Pullman, he's really reluctant here, but uh, Paxton, he's pretty convincing. He goes on about you know you dick around with all these fucking dead brains in a jar. Like we're we're basically giving you permission to be able to go in and fuck around with a living brain. So this convinces Pullman enough to at least go to the mental hospital. And guys, do you recognize this fucking building? Is it looked think because whenever the title, they were going in, think title. Is it from the brain? No, the brain no. was made out of cardboard, Dan. Let's say the no, title. About the institution. You could you could do a before and after of this. Security guard looking at porn. Oh, what movie dead was heat? that? Yeah, dead it's heat. Dead Heat. This is the exact like, fucking this, institute. Like, oh, and I checked today before the record. I pulled up Dead Heat and scrubbed through. This is the exact same building. Because I was like, ah, I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. It stands out, man. Like the fucking shape and the the wall of windows and everything that they have. So this is what stands out to me. Fucking Bill Pullman just walks right in this fucking institute. There's no locks he's on the doors or anything. Owns it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's probably got that, a badge. I'm that not. Gives him I'm not talking about his access. I'm talking about the fact that these crazy people could just walk out. There's no like fucking Terminator Two. There's like. 18 locked doors you got to get through to get to Sarah Connor. This is, you open a fucking glass door and there's 18 people dancing and singing and one nurse. Just budget, dude. You slick, you slick back your hair. You can do anything you want in this I life. get. He does walk in with, with some timid authority. Uh, he comes in. We got uh, a lot of people with mental illness. We don't want to downplay this, but there's one woman dancing and I love me, I love me, look at me, I'm dancing. Yeah, that, the the typical quiet sadness you get. Well, I think that actress was definitely like there's uh there's no small actors, only small parts, and I'm gonna Yes. <laughs> this scene is about me and my character. And it fucking works because you watch her the entire time she's in the frame. Mm-hmm. Uh this is it. <laughs> it's my big break. Yep. Doesn't take very long for him to um, to find Halsey. Like Kron pointed out, he's just he's sitting kind of under the watchful eye of one of the guards. What do you call them? Um, orderly, orderly liaisons, liaisons. Yeah, he's doing a fucking word search that is numbered based. <laughs> Forty two pencils. It's like a combo yeah. of a Sudoku and a word search. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halsey is played by Bud Court. Two-timer. Two-timer. Uh, Mr. Halsey, Conklin sends you. He immediately says, uh, remember that name, Conklin, guys, listeners. Very important. Uh, Martin, he, he sort of pushes on. He says that he's not here from Conklin. Uh, Halsey immediately switches gears. I've been expecting you. Let's go somewhere and talk. 
cut to Halsey's room. He's using pencils. He starts going on about a smiling Ed, his wife, this guy paying him cash. This guy is just fucking out there. True paranoia. Halsey's convinced that this guy named Conklin and his wife were having an affair. Halsey denies ever working for Eunice. When Martin brings up the name Eunice, he's like, that's my wife's name. Uh, he starts to believe that he, or he goes on believing that he was an accountant for a Conklin mattress company. Uh, there's word searches all over the wall. Uh, Martin kind of uh, starts to convince Halsey, like, uh, or he, he's trying to like test, like, you know, have you heard of Eunice? Were you a mathematician? Any of this? And he's immediately like, you know, he gets the paranoia from Halsey and he's, he's like kind of into it. Like, Oh fuck. I, I kind of want to play around with this guy's brain. Uh, Halsey kind of goes on about the Hippocratic oath and, and do no harm. And guys, I, I do work in accounting and this is what every day of my life is like <laughs> doing number, number word searches. Yeah, and some guy comes in and, and he starts, you know, hassling you, telling you a bunch of stuff about your former wife <laughs> all gets to be very confusing. <laughs> Uh, so he, Martin's intrigued. He asks, can I run some tests on your brain? Halsey asks, does it pay cash money? No, I'll take it. Some aversion to money he's got. All right. So we got a quick shot. Halsey, he's getting scanned. That's how they follow you, dude. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. Cause he does mention like smiling Ed pays him in cash and they use the cash to pay me. When I look at the cash, I don't see. The presidents, I see the face of Conklin watching me. Some good paranoia shit here. So yeah, quick test. We see um, Martin kind of looking at the results. And we cut over. He's meeting with uh, with Paxton. Do the results, Great. The results look like a little bug in his brain, right? Like It looks like a little roach or something living in his brain. <laughs> I was just, I was tuning into like, Dan's going to love this classic 90s computer, man. It was like making that hard drive grind that you get. I mean, if it at this budget, um, this would have been an 86 computer. You know, this wasn't. If it would have just went into like another scene where they did like a 3D piping map of like <laughs> the institution, I would have came. All right. Feels too advanced for this movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they can't 3D map something. Yeah, we have what we have to wait Masters a few Minds? years for What year was Masterminds? that? Masterminds? 97 ish, 96, 97. Okay. Lawnmower Man was what? 93? Mhm. Yeah, something like that. Okay. So, yeah, they'd have to wait a few years before they get that lawnmower tech. Yeah. All right, well, he's not faking. Cutting edge graphics, dude. I mean, oh, dude, it still holds up too. <laughs> Jurassic Park ain't got shit on that. Um, Avatar, my ass. All right, uh, he's oh, not that faking. Would be so he tells Paul if they were just making more Lawnmower Man movies. Like, what if James Cameron was like, "I'm gonna redo Lawnmower Man"? Oh. Not redo it. Uh, let's get a sequel going. I mean, I guess yeah, he is. He does pretty good at sequels. So. Bring do like a do like a legacy reboot because they did Lawnmower Man too. 
Yeah, I tried to watch that though, and it was not good. <laughs> it doesn't have any of the people. There's no Job. There's no Pierce well, Brosnan. He's, it, it, Job, isn't it? He used Job every day. You use the internet. <laughs> Job's in everybody. I think Job Job is in it, but he's like a different guy. And it's a different actor, yeah. right? It's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I could see why they had to end it too. I thought there was yeah, three. Man. Let's do a Halloween style. Let's bring Fahey back. Mm-hmm. Let's get Pierce back. Lawnmower Man. Lawnmower Man kills. Lawnmower Man ends. Mm-hmm. And we'll cover it and we'll make Kron miserable. Mm-hmm. Guys, side note, I don't think we've even scheduled in Halloween ends. We'll figure it out. Hey, we don't have to. <laughs> We're going to do it. We don't have to. We're going to do it. Come get me, motherfucker. <laughs> I can't. I got to stay within six feet of you. I hope he kills more firemen. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> All right. Oh so he he's doing his best to convince Paxton that, that he's not faking. He really is uh, paranoid. Uh, Paxton then puts the moves on him, basically says like, Hey, you can, you can go in there, you can dig around, you can either try to get him to remember the equations or you fuck up his brain. It works. What he was working on was like cutting edge tech. I wish I could tell you more. Pullman kind of resists. And then it's kind of a, uh, Hey, you kind of have to, cause we're already sort of funding your research anyway, by the way, like we already kind of own you. So not quite blackmail, but he is kind of forcing him into this. Um, also, uh, I don't know if you guys know, you can get five boneless wings for only $1 with the purchase of any burger at Applebee's. Thought I'd let uh, the listeners know if, you, if you've got an Applebee's in your, hey, in your tri-county area. I don't know. Take if... your lady out for a nice weekday meal. No free apps? Not that I know of. Maybe if you order on the app, I don't know, maybe like a curbside pickup, maybe you can get a you can uh, sign-on bonus or something. Sweet talk your waitress into some potato skins, I'm sure. An Applebee's waitress, dude, that's a hard lady. You got any potato skins? That's yeah. a, you got any potato mm. skins? <laughs> Not the only skin I'm skin. What you got in there? Mm. Mm. What you like? Are we doing mm. Sling Blade or Buffalo yeah. Bill? They were your tight six. Got any of them French fried taters? Mm-hmm. Would hey, you what fuck are you me? Doing here? Mm. I'm the only weirdo that's supposed you to be here. You ought not talk tonight. like that. Hey, I'm the only weirdo that's supposed to be here. <laughs> you ought not talk like that. You're just a boy. Mm. Mm. An Applebee's mm. dinner Some between call it a Kaiser Sling Blade, blade. and I call it a Sling Bill. Blade. Mm. Well, who's this bit for? <laughs> mm. It ain't got no gas in it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. When did you last watch Sling Blade? Mm. That's a fucking good ass movie, dude. 
When did you last see it, though? I don't Dwight think I've seen Yoakum. it since I first saw it. Fucking Dwight Yoakam is fucking incredible in that movie. Yeah, he throws beer cans at that one, dude. It's hilarious. Fucking John Ritter. Yeah. Mm. So pathetic in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> he should have won an Oscar for that. You ought not talk like that. You're just a boy. Get the mm. fuck out of my house. I mean to kill you. Mm. Maybe I'll as fast as you. Guitars, Cadillacs. Hell yeah. Hillbilly music. Uh, I like... Uh, I'm a thousand miles from nowhere. Time don't no matter, matter to me. me. I'm a thousand miles from nowhere, and there's no place I'd rather be. He does a cover of, uh, was it Crazy Little Thing? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. His Blame the Vein song is badass. Yeah, as well. his whatever record it is where he's like he's doing the cool cowboy head down, one leg up on the wall in front of like the clock. I that's think that's his greatest hits. That's a great album. Makes sense. They weren't lying when they (laughs) titled that Mm. motherfucker. Mm. Mm, That's a good one. We should get Dwight on the show. Has he ever not been incredible? I don't know. Can he not? Fucking Crank. He's awesome in Crank. He came through the lake. And I was like, man, I should have fucking went... Yeah. All yeah, right. This is a he's great. Dwight Yoakam. We're pro Dwight Yoakam. Breakdown bit. Yeah, hell yeah. Might be a category. <laughs> All right, guys. So just a quick reminder, five bonus wings for only one dollar with the purchase of a, any burger. We're Applebee's. not getting sponsored by Applebee's. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Well, Plex apparently thought I was. Hey, so uh, if you're in Applebee's, treat it like the Biltmore and piss wherever you want. Doesn't fucking Listen, matter. Dude. Fuck that restaurant. <laughs> Write your fucking notes down. Don't watch the movie while we're doing the podcast. All right. Cut to uh, <laughs> Pullman uh, after his little, his little basic, like we talked about, little Paxton basically holding them over the fucking fire there. Uh, Pullman comes out of the, the building. He's stressing. He's bitching about all the other fucking business people coming out. He's carrying a jarred brain. Uh, heads into the parking lot. We see an unhoused person uh, who gets a fucking visual of Pullman carrying this brain. That's my fucking brain. Cron, you recognize this guy? No. This is uh, the bookie dude from uh, Seinfeld. Oh, shit, really? Isn't this like the yeah. second the guy who gets time? Susie didn't die. She was murdered yeah. by this Jerry is Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What is this guy's name? Because this is the second time he's came the, up in a movie. The character, or the character's name, I think, is Sax. When I looked him up, Are you looking it up? Yeah, I'll look at it. All right, while you're looking it up, I'll I'll break this down. That's my fucking brain. So he runs up to Pullman. Pullman's like, "No, what the fuck?" They start to tussle. Pullman loses the jar, uh, and by lose the jar, I mean he throws the jar away, tossing it into the parking lot. Smash. 
Well, right as this thing breaks up. He already knows if one of these things gets smashed up, you can just put it in a jello and eighty percent jello. Yeah. You're good to go. What was the character's name? Sax. Sax. S A C K. Yeah, like not like S A F. He's he um he pops up. He's in Pirates of the Caribbean. He's uh he's like the shorter guy that's always with the tall guy with the fake eye. Okay, so his name is Lee Arenberg. Okay. And the last time that he came up on our podcast was class of 1999. So he's a two. Oh, he was one of the tech guys. Hell yeah. Two timer for us. Yep. Let's look. Well, why you got to pulled up, look through and see if he did anything else with Pullman or Paxton. What's his character's name on Seinfeld? Mickey. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, is it Mickey? Because Mickey's the little person that hangs out with with Kramer. Okay, maybe it's Mikey. Danny still got his uh, thing pulled up. Mm-hmm. All right, listeners, this is very important stuff. <laughs> Brain dead is is just taking us down. Not only that, so but I many... broke his thumbs. <laughs> He's I'm in. Uh, broke his he's worked with Costner in Waterworld, which I'm sure we'll cover eventually. That makes sense. And yeah, we Pirates might, of the Caribbean, Dungeons. We might and have some 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 dogs on the podcast here as they as they run up the stairs. Some monster dogs. No, these 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 fuckers are going to fucking training. Sometimes I feel like. Jack the Ripper. Mike Moffat is his character name mm. on. Because uh, he's also the one, he's the, the parking space guy, right? That George gets into it with. <laughs> George was 100% correct in that situation, by the way. Um, all right. So this brain is, is fucking trashed. It's spread across the parking lot. But this is the least of our worries because a car comes out of fucking nowhere smashes into Martin. He His fucking head goes into the windshield. We get some uh, cool shot from the inside, some crack, a little blash of uh, blood there. Uh, the car door opens. We see a little logo on the side. It says Cochlin Mattresses. What? Holy shit. Don't you think if you were a brain doctor and you took a, a fucking heavy hit to the head, you'd go get checked out? <laughs> yeah. You would, unless you... Uh, Karan, there's uh, tons of NFL players that don't do that every Sunday. Yeah, but no. they're not They're not head doctors. This guy literally studies the brain all day long, and he's like, it's not a concussion. I'm good. Like, Well, he's he's eaten so much jello. He just assumes <laughs> that his brain fluid is 80% gelatin by this point. I don't have to worry because my brain is extra moist. I took the readings this morning. <laughs> Well, properly moist. You don't want it too moist because then that you get you get madness. <laughs> it's a symptom of the overly moist brain. Uh, all right, we got sirens. We got some voices. Martin's kind of out of it. He enters his lab. Uh, if you watch this twice, you you'd pick up that those voices are the the people surrounding his body and talking about the uh, the incident. Ooh. All right, so he enters his lab. Inside his lab, there's another doctor. This is Ellis. 
he starts going on. He's uh, apologizing to Martin. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about you you losing your grant. Um, but uh, hey, they just fucking pumped a bunch of money into my endocrine system research. So now I'm taking over your lab. Uh, sorry, I thought they told you. I love all this shelf space, by the way. Uh, he offers to buy all the brains. He'll pay whatever Martin, you know, says because basically he just needs the fucking endocrine system out of there. Yeah, he's, Martin backs back. He's like, charge what you want. The government's footing the bill. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Name your price. I mean, he's kind of dickish at first, but I mean, as soon as he's like, dude, charge whatever the fuck you want, I'll pay you. They should have made up for it. Martin kind of snaps back at him, though. They're individuals. They're unique. Um, this whole time, there's been another tech up on the ladder. God damn, I wonder what's going to happen this time. Uh, <laughs> he knocks over all of the fucking shelves. Terrible. Each one of these unique brains just fucking smashed. Cut to Martin waking up in bed. Just a bad dream, probably a symptom of the accident. What accident, asks his wife. Well, then he goes, well, maybe that was a dream, too. Hmm. Uh, Martin's wife, uh, she also been on the show? Adrian, some. Dan, look that up. She looked familiar. Adrian! Uh, She starts going on about uh, having... Just recently talked to Paxton. They seem to be old friends from college. This makes you know Martin a little upset. He's not sure. too keen on. What's her name? Uh, the wife's name is Dana. Hey, Dana. Character name. <laughs> uh, Martin, he's like lamenting on uh, having to do this operation on Halsey. He likes me. I'm so glad you're making new friends, his wife replies. Uh, Cut to the mental hospital. Halsey's asking Martin to uh, buy him some cigarettes from, I guess, the the hourly cigarette cart that comes around. This reminded me of going to school in Guam, like when you were like on recess or lunch break. They had this cart that had cigarettes and candy and yeah, (laughs) cigarettes. Uh, No, if you wanted cigarettes, you just went to the one side of the building where there there was like a chain link fence and there were like these dudes in low riders that would fucking sell kids. They would like sell Lucy's or fucking crank and shit through the, this was like sixth grade. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> How much was a cigarette? Uh, like a dollar? Well, I didn't smoke then. I would like, you could get a hot pocket, I think for like two bucks. You could get like candy and stuff for 50 cents. Mm-hmm. So, Hot Pockets went fucking fast, though, because they would, it was like they would crank out 25, 30 Hot Pockets, so they were already kind of cooked when they came out on the cart. She has not been anything <clears throat> that we've covered. Uh, Man yeah. Manhunter, she's all that Desert Hearts. That's it. Robocop That's it. 2. Yep. Okay. Um... All right, so Halsey convinces him, like, hey, buy me some cigarettes, but, uh, like, I don't just want your cash. Like, I need your whole wallet. And they end up exchanging wallets. Halsey kind of shows, like, he's got fucking Monopoly money or, like, fake drawn bills, kind of like from 
fucking greasy strangler. <laughs> yeah, Kron like, freaked out about this, so yeah. I would like to hear his take on this. Yeah, I had a I had a, uh, a cork board behind me that had a bunch of fucking string running from one movie to the other. It's <laughs> putting all the pieces together on this bad boy. I'm glad we brought it, brought it back to the greasy strangler. That's what uh, the Five Day Reynolds podcast likes to call a 360. Yeah. All right. So in this exchange, like he he's reluctant, but but Pullman eventually just like gives him his wallet. He takes off. Buy some cigarettes. Cut to fucking Halsey explaining the iconography of the camel fucking cigarette pack. Goes on about uh, Roosevelt showing his willy and taking a piss. There's a bald eagle that's mounting a naked lady. It's a real There's also a lion or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, they showed the cover and I was like, they, they showed the cigarette pack and I was like, I can see all of it, dude. Clear as day. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. You can't not see mm-hmm. it now. Uh, like, so this is like the last straw for, for Martin. He's like this ridiculousness. Like I got to get in here and dick around with this dude's brain. Uh, it's pure science. He mentioned as he lights uh Halsey's cigarette, you have a special brain, a very special brain. This convinces Halsey. All right, cool. So we're at Eunice. We're at the board. Uh, Paxton is like over in the corner with Pullman and he's like hyping him up. Like, you'll thank me someday. Soon you're going to be the fucking head of the neuroscience science division at Eunice and, and you're going to be fucking rich and you're going to thank me and shit. And he's trying to hype them both up. Uh, then we see uh, the Eunice board of directors having to watch a fucking black and white video of an old school lobotomy. Uh, and this is Paxton's way of like, I, I don't know easing the operation that they're about to see because uh as they challenge like what's the fucking purpose of this he's like yeah it's just a little just a little taste just a little appetizer like like a great appetizer that you might get at your local applebee's um pullman comes up and they he's like listen my procedure you might call it the kinder gentler lobotomy uh george kennedy coming back on the show I mean, he, it doesn't look that much kinder. I think he puts a probe into the brain and like sears out pieces of it. So. And removes the entire cap of his skull yeah. in this operation. Yeah. fucked up. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kennedy, is he's the head of the board. I forget his name. Uh, he just wants the numbers. They want the numbers back, but they will uh, absolutely also accept a clean slate. Either wipe them and nobody can get the equations or do your procedure and maybe we'll get lucky and he'll remember the equations. Correction on my end, um, George Kennedy is a two-timer, not Bud Court. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I think I agreed with you because I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to move on because I couldn't remember. And then we went four actors later and we still had to, uh, I told you to check them, so. We've done Shame on me as well. 80 of these things now. If you tell me someone else has been in another movie, I'll probably just move on and say say yes. We've had Alice Cooper twice. Mm-hmm. So next week when Dan goes, hey, we're watching a fucking Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton movie, one of us is going to go, hey, two-timer. Mm-hmm. So. Nah. Easy. Nah. All right. 
You're not a demon, are you? I picked a movie where a person just mentions Bill Paxton. That's it. That doesn't count. <laughs> Veto. That. Climb on him, Kron. Make him pay for that big trouble. Let me uh, climb on you, dude. <laughs> Fucking climb on, mount him like a bald yeah, eagle on a you, camel pack. <laughs> All right, so uh, there's a surgical room conveniently adjacent to the boardroom. Well, yeah. Why did they Halsey build, awaits? Why did they tough times in the nineties building this way, <laughs> where the boardroom can look in on a surgery? Dude, there's also the new, a fucking shit is like open workspace, man. You got to like have it flexible. People got their laptops. They're working from home. They need a little space when they come in. Yeah. Down you the hall. There's a fucking zombie cop just laying ways to some motherfuckers, too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Halsey's just sitting in here. Just his head's already fucking cracked open. So what would have happened if they said, no, don't do the operation? So the top back on. I mean, yeah, we've shit. we've already cut his <laughs> cut his skull open. All right, uh, Martin starts doing what we saw the tech do in the beginning of the movie. He starts prodding Halsey's brain. He's asking him questions about his family. Halsey starts tripping out. He's imagining that he's like at a fucking tea party with some Victorian era ladies. Uh, out of all the stuff you could, all come the stuff. I don't dislike it. My thing is like all the money that you had, you spent it on these two little insert scenes. Like you couldn't, this should like have you been, don't need this. This should have been like, Dick Miller and Demon Knight. Holy shit. Yeah, where was <laughs> right, all the but, titty ladies coming in? To- <laughs> I'm they went through all the, yeah, let's get some titties in there. The, But they went through all the effort to set up this Victorian era tea party and put, Bud Court in the makeup and shit. And then they put him on a beach because the next thing that he imagines, he's on a beach talking to his dead family. And uh, the board is now like they're getting impatient and they start asking like, what about the numbers, you son of a bitch? And this is kind of cool. So George Kennedy's voice is coming through Halsey's imagined daughter and Bill Paxton's voice is coming through his imagined son. Uh, Martin finds like, gentlemen, please like quit the shit. Uh, they start to go on about Conklin. Now Halsey starts to imagine a guy in the corner of the white surgical room, all white covered in blood. Do you see him? Is he in here? Keeps prodding a little bit more. Still sees the guy. This guy's laughing. Then a quick little flash. Does Martin see him too? It's a little, little, little strange. Martin presses the prod in a little further. Is the man in white still with us? What? Like magic, Halsey is back. He asks him what he does. I'm a mathematician. Holy shit. Dude's like an STD. (laughs) Martin heads back into the boardroom. He's met with fucking gargantuan applause from Kennedy and the rest of the board. One of the board members immediately starts to question like the morality of affecting somebody's reality. Paxton just jumps in and cuts his head. Like, nope, we got it. Uh, forget about this. Somebody else asks another question like, what's the benefit of this? And Paxton's like, I can answer this. He goes on about how plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery, it's just overtaken every other surgery. 
by like a thousand percent. If people are so anxious to change their faces and bodies, what about their personalities? You guys their been souls. You guys been to the dentist lately? I go in November. I go twice a year. I think I was there, I don't know, two or three months ago. Does your dentist offer like sexual fucking... services? Yes, of course. <laughs> no, like uh, Is that a copay? The shots for the face and shit? No. Uh, what are they called? Like collagen or uh, um, Botox? Botox, yeah. Mine doesn't. Mine wears like three Stooges ties and like. Sounds like a fun has the. Oh, he's a fun dude, man. <laughs> Do you get to pick something out from the treasure box when you leave? I always get a sticker. I, I should pick something else. I try to get Halen or my daughter to get a whoopee cushion last time and she wouldn't. I was like, damn. Come on, let's put some water in that. Throw it on your mom's desk chair. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. But yeah, they offer Botox and shit at mine. I'm like, I don't know if I'd be trusting my dentist to do that shit. He, my guy goes back and forth because I still have a baby tooth. I don't know if I've ever talked about that. Like, Loser. like the adult, the adult tooth underneath it's like at an angle. A fucking so it never child, dude. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> You think the Chinese kill like any dude who still has a baby tooth? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, because I'm a boy. That's true. You got a dick. Taking baby, shots he's got at baby the tooth, but fucking he's got People's dick. Republic of China. Yeah, yeah my dentist Small does not country. offer Botox that I know of. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. Man, I was the last. Yeah, I'm like huge crying. I go two times a year. I get the well, cleaning. Right. I, I, I was. I got to go the 27th, but I'm going to have to reschedule. So fucking happy that my hygienist retired. This woman would beat the shit out of me. And that's a second to last time I went. I Dear, they're like, raise your hand if you got a problem. Like, if we need to stop or whatever. They're like, raise your hand. I had to raise my hand. I was like, you got to back it off. I was like, if what you're doing is 100%, I need you to take it to like 70. Mm Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, okay, okay. I was like, you were just like I'm not the I'm not the best flosser, but goddamn, she was like pushing like her fucking index fingers jamming my tongue down the back of my throat and and they never leave that damn suction thing in long enough. They're like close and I close it and then they start to pull I'm like, I still have I have a big ass mouth. I have a big head. Like I still got an ounce of spit in here. There is a the lady that I, the hygienist I go to. She will fucking do work with that fucking pick thing, man. I don't know how I don't bleed. Yeah, and she. There was a part in my last time where she was like in the very back, and I was like, "God damn, this hurts!" And she stopped and went, "Hurts, huh?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Take it easy, you asshole. Sadist fucking bitch. (laughs) Oh, they got to love it, bro. I I just, they'll go, you've got really good home care. You've got really good. And I'm like, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a great flosser. I'm not. Like, I I brush twice a day. I, I, and they'll be like, you drink a lot of coffee, though, don't you? Like, yeah. 
Dumb. And then when they get to the back of your front teeth, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of coffee. I'm like, fucking, who doesn't drink coffee? Mm-hmm. 85% of the people come in here. Smoke and damn. drink coffee. Yes. And red wine. I mean, yeah. The first time I went I live in back. St. Louis. Everybody drinks beer and fucking coffee. Like, the first time I went back, she ripped me, bro. And it just bled. And she's like, you bleed too much. You don't, fu- you don't floss. You don't floss. You need to floss. So like my last visit, she's like, you're not even bleeding. I was like, lady, you ripped the shit out of my teeth. I floss every night. She's like, really? I was like, yes. She's like, well, at least I'm doing some good. I'm like, fuck. Fuck my shit up. That's I will. Yeah. So she retired. And the last time I went. So the last two times was this like younger lady and she's like, I'm going to do a, a, a little, a little cancer screen real quick. And she's like massaging my neck and doing all this. Sh- and within like two visits, she was like, how's your dogs? How's all of this? I was like, this is so pleasant. Like, this is like, where were you the last three years? This is great. It's going to have a cavity. Yep. And then she's like, uh, do you want, cause they always give you like, uh, a toothbrush and the toothpaste and the, and the floss and all that. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want that toothpaste. Cause I like a canker source with SLS. So I just use Sensodyne. So if you don't have any Sensodyne, I won't They're like, Oh, you're so humble. Everybody just takes it. And then we know that they don't use it, but I'm like, no, I, I'm just like, I can't use that. to fuck my mouth up. So put it in the guest bathroom. Little, little life pro. I don't have a fucking guest bathroom. We've seen my tiny ass little, house my house could fit in the fucking dining room of the Biltmore <laughs> that was the topic of conversation when Sam and I walked through like this is ridiculous anyway fucking seek out your dentist but uh quite honestly you know we should have socialized medicine and that should include dental care yeah floss I, every night folks go to your dentist but at the same time know that they exist to hurt Take you, you. <laughs> to hurt you yes <laughs> And know that your fucking dentist leaves with a boner every day when he gets in his Lexus mm-hmm. because yeah, life's good. My dentist, <laughs> my dentist told me he was like, it, you know, we'll watch this one spot, but he was like, you have like a spot where your gum is receding. He was like, you know, the only way to fix it would be like to do a graph. And I was like, the day that you tell me I need a graph onto my gums is the last day you see me. <laughs> <laughs> so you fucking figure out a different way to deal with the problem. And by oh, that's the, what he, they print out the treatment plan. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm not doing half of this stuff. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mine's the same one every time. Cause he wants to pull this baby tooth. He's like, is it causing? I'm like, it doesn't hurt. It hasn't hurt for 30 years. Like it should have fallen out. And they're like, yeah, it's a time bomb. It's a time bomb. I'm like, uh, and like, what's going to happen? Yeah. It falls out. Yeah. What is like, what? It just falls, like you eat a sandwich like, and it comes out one well, day. Yeah. He's like, well, I can pull it and it'd be a lot cheaper than the oral surgeon. I'm like, bro, there ain't no oral surgeon. Like, I come no to you because it's fucking free. Like, I, I pay the premium every month so I can come here and get the two cleanings and you can bullshit and take an x-ray that I don't give a shit about. Why the why is that shit so sharp? Why is that fucking thing 
Why isn't that technology advanced? Yeah. Mm-hmm. God damn, that fucking camera thing that they put in. Bite. The, Why do I have to bite? They don't even give the shot anymore to the kids. They just put the fucking thing in there. They deep cleans it, and then they fill it in after it cleans the tooth. I'm like, where the Ugh. fuck was that when I was a kid? You know, we got a buddy who's married to a dentist. I think it's time we grill her ass. <laughs> She'll give us a free toothbrush. Eh? Leave that vacuum in for a fucking half second longer, please. I, All right. Okay. <laughs> no, go no, ahead. I talked to her whenever I was out there visiting them. I was like, why don't they do uh, crowns in like gold? And she was like, oh, that's the best way to do it. That's like, <laughs> she was like, that's a really good. She was like, nobody ever has problems with them, but people think they look bad. I was like, <laughs> man, if you had a fucking gold canine tooth, that shit is badass, dude. Oh man, well, my dad you know had a silver go. tooth because mm-hmm. the like the Nate like when he was early in the Navy, they like calved a tooth with silver, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's the coolest fucking thing!" Like old pictures of my dad, like that's what I always think too, man. I was like, Fuck, yeah, yeah. You got one, I think, like fucking cane that looks cool as hell, dude. I think for a while Josh Homme had like a black one, and I was like, "That's fucking cool, man." Who gives a shit? I don't smile anyway. I'm a smirker. <laughs> hey, I'll teach you. Just smirk. I, I'm bare my fucking teeth. It is a problem. Because I'm bearing down to take a crap. Yeah, I'm, a, probably. I'm about to fight. <laughs> You're trying not. I'm judging you silently. Fuck. French fried potatoes. potatoes. The fucking guy at the fucking French fry stand, like adjusting his hat and shit, sling blade. That always stands out. Oh, I've got the little paper I th- hat. I thought this was another Guam story where some guy was throwing French fries over the fence, <laughs> dealing drug. That was the other side. <laughs> that was the other side of the school. But we're almost done with this brain. Defined me. This is how is. This gonna be that kind of because of a twenty minute dental section kind of sucks if you got to go like right side of the school is where I get my hot pockets and then I got to hoof it all the way to the left side to get a, a little tray of French fries. Yeah, well, you get some exercise just to put your lunch together. You gotta do you? Well, well after I, mean, I ate my fries, I decided I want some cracks, so I gotta huff it back mm-hmm. over. <laughs> get a cigarette to. I think you start with the crack, you get the hot pocket, you get the french fries, and then you come back and you you, you knock out a smoke can before you, the end of lunch. Can you still do hot pockets as vegan or vegetarian? Yeah. No? No. I don't been, have a vegetarian hot pocket. I've been veering. Oh, I mean, there's like a four cheese, and then some of them have like cheddar broccoli or whatever. I don't know if it's Amy's. I think Trader Joe's might have had like a, a vegetarian, like specific hot pocket. But it's, I would say it's, it's been mostly vegetarian the last year. The cheese intake has probably gone up quite a bit. Cheese is delicious. It's just, it's the thing that's so hard to cut out. It's just because like, it, dairy's just in. The egg, like, I could give up dairy and 
just have the egg, but when you cook for somebody who's like a fucking cheese hound, like that's the the problem. You know. I love the cheese. <laughs> I'm lactose. Still love it. Most of us are. I know. My mom got I mean, I wouldn't have this this fucking beautiful pipe right here, listeners hearing right now, if it if I increase the that dairy intake. It'd be all flabbing and shit. Mm. Mm. What are you gonna say, Cron? I think my mom at some point told me like well, our family has like a history of like issues with lactose and I was it was just like I'm not changing a single thing about the way I live based on this information. <laughs> well, like you when you were talking about receding gums, I remember my mom, she was like, Yeah, it just runs in our family. Like your grandpa, me, like just just happens. Mm-hmm. So like very early on. And then once I switched not using a toothpaste with sodium uh, laurel sulfate or whatever it is, thing that creates like the foam. So I've cut that shit out. No shampoo with it. I find a lot of ethnic hair care products. That's the way to go. A lot of natural ingredients. A little bit of charcoal in there. Get that grind, but you don't need much, man. No poo. Look it up. All right, uh, let's start speeding up a little bit. All right, so. You got to poo or you die. Yeah, dude. Quit telling people not to shit anymore. (laughs) The board loves this, specifically Kennedy. He's all about like, yeah, let's, if we can use this technology and and start changing people's minds, people are going to love this shit. Um, Paxton tells Martin, hey, uh. And by the way, we're meeting the the chairman for dinner. Dana already knows. Don't be fucking late. Board leaves. Martin, he goes in to the uh, back into the surgical room. He starts seeing the man in white. He's on the other side of the glass. What the fuck's going on? Uh, As he goes in, did you notice the tech dismantling the chair before they put Halsey's head back on? Like they took like the fucking rig that they had to keep Halsey's head still. Oh, that like the, halo the, thing? Yeah, yeah, the tech takes that off before they put Halsey's skull back on, which I thought that might have been a uh, in reverse there, buddy. Well, they probably had already lined it with super glue, so they really just had to <laughs> plop it back on there, you know? <laughs> right. All right. Uh, uh, once again, get five boneless wings for only $1 with a purchase of any burger at Applebee's. God damn it, so we're <laughs> Fuck Applebee's. Yeah. Uh, go... Burn down your Applebee's. <laughs> Burn down that? your local Applebee's, yeah, let's please. let's balance this fucking free promotion out. <laughs> hey, listen to right. uh, the best little horror house in Philly, Horror Drafts, uh, Weekly Podcast Massacre, and Nerds Geese in the Kitchen Sink. Love you, Chad. Mm-hmm. All right, Martin's in his car. He tries to leave the facility, uh, the facility and this is when he realized, fuck, I still got Halsey's wallet and this fake cash. He tosses his shit out. We get a little hint of the uh, man in white's feet. Mm. Uh, Martin's heading to the restaurant, but he's got a tail. Conjure up Not that funny last anymore. <laughs> uh, he's trying to lose his tail, but they're like right on him. He stops at the restaurant. He ignores the valet. He gets up and he starts to approach the uh, the car that was tailing him. Turns out to be his wife. She makes a little joke. She's cute. The restaurant they're at is called Yen. 
I don't know why I wrote that down. <laughs> I just really fucking throw that in there. All right. Uh, inside the restaurant. New Slipknot uh, song. Oh, yeah. Album is like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. Might be a might be a grower. I don't know. I text. They like pre. Go ahead. I texted. Yeah, I texted Dan because I was just like I. I was doing some work outside on Saturday, and I literally think I got to like only three songs left. I was like, I have to fucking turn this off. Like, I cannot. I cannot make it through the end of this album. So, who knows? I don't know. I, I mean, it's not a good sign when Jim Root like preemptively like a week before it released was like. Oh, hey, by the way, I don't really like the album. Mm-hmm. Like, we kind of, given the circumstances, we had to get it out. We really rushed it. So, we were not meeting in person to work on it. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the guys in three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, who knows? I know this, they're on Roadrunner, right? So, this is them probably, let's knock this shit out. I think it's their last, like, yeah. we're done with you guys. <laughs> Roadrunner yeah. will go under after this i imagine i mean it's a little confusing though because it's like i think famously like lou reed had a very similar thing where it's like he just wanted out of his label um and they were like well we you have to do one more record so he put out a record of just like the sounds of machinery it was like a real like fuck you i'm off this shit that's my last album on your label so piss off but I don't know. It would have been funnier if they did that rather than it feels like a half album. You know, it's just kind of like we don't give a shit, but we're going to try to sound professional. Yeah. Or it's leftovers from that's what it sounds like. It sounds like. Yeah. Sides. Yeah. And like half completed, like they had a great idea and it was like, well, if we just do this, we can patch it. So mm-hmm. I see them maybe going that like EP route, you know. And they're not like, going to work for the next, like, seven years. You don't think? They're not doing shit. They'll just tour? They're going to tour this circuit for, like, two years, and then pff, we ain't going to hear from them motherfuckers for, like, 2030. Yeah. So they'll play, what, Chapel Town, <laughs> Rag, and maybe one or two off of this. If they don't really like it, they're not going to play it. That's what I told Kron. I said the three that they released, I think, are probably the best that they had, but I really like Adderall, the first song, and, like... That's about it. Yeah. Dentistry and Slipknot. There you go. Let's There's remember five that shit review for the... of uh, Slipknot's new record. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It might be. It could be a thing where there's something later on, like you said, Kron. But I was the same thing. I got to the end of it, and it started over. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, nothing stood out to me. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they literally put those three songs like what they're like back to back. They're like two, three, four or something on the record. It's yeah, it's right in that order. Yeah. They're right after each other. And I was like, yeah, that's weird, but yeah, <laughs> you never know. In season eight, we might come back and be like, dude, yeah, last Slipknot album, fucking rules, new, bro. If you don't, new. and if you like us and you don't really dig it, and if you haven't checked out that new Russian circles. You fucking should. Check that shit yeah, out, dude. Just listen to that. I probably yeah, turned off that. Slipknot to put that album on, so or cave in. Or when I was when I was at Kron's house post dinner, we were doing the, you know, the usual uh you know, adult thing, and Kron threw on a record and he threw on that Russian circles and 
it was like, man, I wish our wives weren't here and he could turn this fucking thing up. She mm-hmm. just turned it up. Because I would have just sat there and stared at Kron for the 40 minutes of that record. Mm-hmm. You guys still having the skip issue? It wasn't skipping. It was just like a noise at the end of uh, the, the last track on side A. I, yeah. The replacement copy they sent me is better, but it, I don't know. I didn't want to be a dick and be like, Send another, but I can still guys, hear it. It's it's not nearly as bad as the first one they sent me. You guys see this this poster right here? Mm-hmm. Dan is pointing over his shoulder. We got some pink and what is that? Looks like a Rolling Stones lips. Almost. It's got the lips. Yeah, that is the Rolling Stones poster from the St. Louis show that I went to. Oh yeah, I have a third one on the way. Because they keep sending it in just a cardboard box, and it keeps getting fucked up. So I'm going to see how long I can take this. <laughs> I've cost them a hundred dollars already. So if they send the next one in a cardboard box, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> you should- if you guys want a St. Louis <laughs> Rolling Stones poster, hey, you- it's kind of fucked up. I'll- you think, gotcha. you think they would have just invested in a tube at this point? <laughs> yeah, I said that in the email twice already. I'm like, why are you sending posters with in a cardboard box and not a tube? Now, can you describe the cardboard box? Because, like, are they full? Like, I'll show you. It, okay, this fucking episode is, is a waste. Off the rails, dude. Yes. All right. Well, let's let's skip ahead a little bit while he's pulling this box. All right, so at the restaurant, Martin really starts to lose it. He thinks he sees the man in white. He approaches some random guy. Oh, so this is Dan has has returned with the cardboard box. So imagine a, a poster tube that is square. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not very good. Okay. Yeah, they just kind of shoved it in there. <laughs> that was me rolling that one. It- Looks a lot better okay. than what it did. So what Dan is showing us, the, the poster is almost more of an ellipse, like an, an oval shape. Oh, it's all fucked up. This is the the worst of the of the one. Okay. So yeah, it's bad. Uh, See, so when I- Dan is showing us visible damage to the poster <laughs> at this point, listener, it is atrocious and, it, and an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when I send out our podcast poster, I also send it in a, a a more rectangle box, but I am able to bend the thing in a way where it still comes out clean. I try to put some bubble wrap in and around it to kind of hold the shape. But I'm also usually sending it with like a DVD stickers and airheads, so a tube just roll tighter doesn't work. In that situation, I, honestly, I'm wondering why isn't it roll tighter and then put in a plastic sleeve? Mm-hmm. You know, to at least so I get the square box. And but you're the Rolling Stones store, so you're sending rolling. out yeah. posters. Yeah, why are you yeah, rolling the Rolling? St- but you're sending out posters for all the shows, like. I don't, I don't. You guys ain't got tubes over in London. I don't. It's a different person each time. Don't they call their train or, the tube or Scotch tape? I guess I mean, <laughs> that'd be the other thing. You'd you roll it tight, tape it. Yeah, just go north of the border, you fucking English fucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really so much tell. tape up there. Oh, oh sorry. Kind of close. 
But we're going to see All how right. long this will go. I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. This is going to be a four-hour episode. <laughs> we're almost done with brain dead. We haven't got to the dead brains quite yet. All right. All right. So in, in the restaurant, Martin imagines that he sees the, the man in white at the bar. He runs up. We get this Bruce Buffer looking guy. Kind of blows off the incident, though. Uh, Martin ends up sitting at the wrong table. Uh, does not recognize Paxton or Mr. Vance, the chairman, when he's at corrected and actually sat at the right table. Uh, we get a toast to madness. Madness is just moisture in the brain. Kennedy and Paxton, they start going on about the names of the potential personality adjustment centers as Paxton pitches. Um, Kennedy responds with like, no, it's not user-friendly. We need something like the new you from Eunice. Paxton loves this shit. He's sucking up. Martin starts cracking himself up, freaking everybody out. I'm a purple people, a person pipple, a people person. People like me. Kennedy's freaked out by this and just fucking leaves. Uh, the wife and the and, uh, Bill Paxton, they sit back down. Have another drink, you dumb son of a bitch. You're finished. Martin thinks he sees the man in white again. Fine, take my life, take my wife, I don't care. He runs off. He's on the road. Uh, he keeps seeing the man in white like as a hitchhiker. He goes further down the road, sees him again. Then he sees him in the fucking rear view, sitting in the back seat. He finally gets home. Martin enters. Uh, what does he fucking see? The man in white greets him and then fucking directs him to Paxton and his wife fucking getting it on all sweaty and slow. Sexy as hell, dude. Yo, dude, it is fucking hot. Like literally hot. They are mm-hmm. sweating their fucking ass off. Yeah, they turn that heat up to <laughs> 97. Got to mm-hmm. it. Yep. Helps with the summer dick, as Dan would say. I oh I uh season coming to an end almost. Dan, I used to always talk about how like my dick would have office hours. Mm-hmm. Like where it goes away for a little bit, like it's gotta go you know, it's like working. Needs some time to itself, yeah. Yeah. Uh I heard a new term for it. It's called combat dick. <laughs> Like you don't want it hanging out and getting in trouble, so it sucks back in. Combat dick. Summer dick and combat dick. Uh, he starts imagining that he's like walking up on them, uh, touching their eyes and shit. Fucking stabs them. Then he imagines like a flashback, and he's holding like a lobotomy spike, and Jim and Dana are dead, and their eyes are all fucked up, mutilated. Doorbell rings. We got to bother neighbor. What's the problem? Neighbor looks down, sees the fucking spike in Pullman's hand. What? The worst neighbors that are concerned about you. (laughs) Do those those witches that live next to you, do they ever come by and check in on you? Uh, We're soon. Soon? Yeah, I think they fly by most nights, especially full moon nights. They know I'm cool. They so they don't really. They're still getting out and about, even with Hocus Pocus two streaming on Disney Plus. Right now, they're a welcomed group in the area. They're like, oh, uh, I guess it is their season. Uh, oh, I love your costumes, and they're like, this is, this is real life. 
That's the best witch voice I can do. Your All son's right, going to be a frog. Mm, some of those french fried taters. Mm. I'm a witch. Mm. I think if witches would eat fries, they probably wouldn't be witches. Fries are delicious. They would still win witches, dude. That's what they need. Our fries are so delicious. Just give them some fucking French fries and they. Has anybody ever met a like wicked, like actual? Yeah, hard to be a wicked. You live next to one. Licking your yeah. Ask them. Wait till November first when season weans off. I mean, yeah. I tell you what, y'all are in you fucking cities. you grill those witches, and I'll grill the dentist that we know. Get some goddamn answers around here. I didn't do it. Pullman yells. Mart, uh, the neighbor's like, "Yeah, all right, whatever." Uh, and then Martin wakes up again, a patient at Lakeside Sanitarium. Holy shit! Sanitarium. And Just guys, on this reveal. We take a pee break. All right, when we left off, Dr. Martin, or we think he's a Dr. Martin, who the hell knows at this point? He's just woken up in a sanitarium. Yeah, he's putting a bunch of shoes together and shit. (laughs) Uh Nurse is, is pretty kind. She's like, is it the same dream? The same dream you had every night? In walks a doctor. It's the fucking man in white. Is he a doctor? Is he Conklin? Who is this fucking guy? Good thing it wasn't the man in black. We couldn't deal with this much Johnny Cash. I hurt myself today. All right. Uh, calm down. You don't want me to call Fred and Dewey, do you? The doctor threatens. Uh, Martin starts getting violent. He wants some goddamn answers. So, like the viewer, you're confused as hell. So is Martin. What the hell is going on? They do call in Fred and Dewey. Uh, pretty sure the guy, one of these guys, I think I have this in my notes. He's also a uh, relatively famous actor. You'd recognize him from some other shit. It's in my notes later on. Shouldn't have called it out now. Anyway, they tackle fucking Martin, throw him on the bed. He gets a shot of something. Starts acting real negatively to this shit. This wasn't just a sedative. He's freaking out. Doctor starts challenging Martin's dreams. You've created a Halsey. He's saying Halsey is your fragmented negativity. There is no Halsey. You are Halsey. Doctor points to the desk on the other side of the room. We got pencils. And word searches all over the wall. Oh, what, dude? What? Uh, also, the never-ending pasta bowls are back at Olive Garden, guys. So <laughs> fuck maybe hit up that. that. Fuck Olive Garden. Uh, dramatically stand up and cut your own palm open at the Olive Garden. <laughs> fuck those people. This is what you get for turning your back on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Hope you learned your lesson. Yeah, but definitely lesson learned. Martin gets wheeled into the uh, doctor's office, but damn, uh, doesn't this look like Martin's office that we saw before? Kind of weird. It's got the same assistant, same layout. Martin starts to go on. He's challenging. uh, What the fuck? Uh, He lists off all these details about his life. He's pointing to things on the wall. 
tosses some trash in the wastebasket. Boom, he yells. He says, my office is in the Beaumont building, eighth floor. Doctor says, Beaumont building, eighth floor. Why don't you open that fucking window? Martin opens it. He's on the ground floor. What? Doctor points to the degrees on the wall. They're not Martin's. Bill Paxson walks in, but he's not Martin's friend, Jim. He's the hospital's accountant, Jim. He's all dweeby here. So, like, throughout the movie, Paxton is, like, slick back, nice suit. Here he's, Business. yeah, real sad sack. He, he Doctor's rolling, uh, they're kind of whispering. Jim says, uh, yeah, it's about Mr. Conklin's payments towards uh, Martin's care. They've stopped. Whew. It's another twist. But Martin bolts, starts running away. He evades Fred and Dewey. Oh, here's the casting note. Fred is played by an actor, Brent Hinckley, who you might recognize from uh, Ed Wood and Silence of the Lambs. I'd fuck me. Uh, Are you about a size uh, 14? Uh, also in Jacob's Ladder, Falling Down. Yep. Almost here is Heroes. Oh, she's a great big fat person. <laughs> Switchback. Which is a movie set around my actual birthday. Zapped what? again. That's a classic. <laughs> Up all night. Switchback. Is it Dennis Quaid and uh, uh, Danny Glover? How do you, you know great? it's set or like the movie takes place around your birthday? But actually, the date in the movie is my birthday. Wow. All revolves around that date. Wow. That's the only reason I remember. That movie. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, You've never watched a movie that features your birthday? No. No. September 11th? <laughs> wow. Come on. In, when September 11th happened, you no longer have a birthday. Happiest day of my life. Martin, he's fucking running. He's fucking running through these hallways. He sneaks into a room. Uh, he's in this really wild blue room. Uh, there's multiple ladies in here. One lady's doing like infinite doodles on the wall. Another lady calls him Henry. This fucking guy with blue again. And uh, another woman comes out of the closet and says, "This is like sort of a lost and found. Let me take you into my office because otherwise you'll get lost." Uh, she pulls him into the closet, and he's very blunt with her. Uh, this here, this is a closet here. No, this is my office. They start to tussle. The other ladies in the room, they start coming in the closet. Uh, luckily, fucking Pullman's able to kind of like dive out of there. Sexy. Uh, he gets hell, back dude. into the hallway. Oh yeah, why wouldn't you? Stuck in a closet with four ladies. Staying. I mean, hell he's yeah, staying dude. in the closet. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd be doing. All right, uh, back in the hallway, he finds some stairs. He runs down these fuckers. Uh, another door. Uh, it's like, it's like a medieval dungeon, dude. We got cages, stocks. There's a dude in a cage with like a rabbit. Uh, fucking torture devices, people all chained up and shit. Uh, he immediately nopes out of here, goes right back into the hallway. But he's met with uh, Fred and Dewey and the doctor. Doctor claims, oh, my mu- museum of... 
ancient psychological methods or whatever. Museum. Martin's like, what the fuck? Yeah, museum. What are you doing to these people? He opens the door back up, but there's no people in there. It's just like... It's just like fuck, one like, cage in the corner. <laughs> like a stock, yeah. Uh, it's time for some shock therapy, the doctor says. Wham. They shock him with a little bit. Uh, another wake up. Another nightmare? No, he's uh, in his bed. He's strapped up. Uh, when fucking Halsey shows up, Bud Court bandages on his head and shit. And then, guys, Bud Court absolutely destroys this scene. Like, this whole sequence with him is incredible. Uh, so, Halsey is, like, talking to him uh, about, like, hey, the more you resist, the more crazy they think you are. And they think that we're the same person. Like, they think I'm you inside of you, but you were me. Um, Halsey pulls out a knife. He's starting to, like, kind of cut the straps to get Martin out. Uh, but they hear something coming. So Halsey has to run. He hides in a closet. Nurse comes in. Uh, Martin opens the door when the coast is clear. But Halsey's lifeless eyeless body is inside the closet. And then another wake up. And then immediately Halsey pops right back up next to the bed. Uh, you don't exist. Yeah, they think we're the same person. But I know I'm real. They both say in, in unison, which is kind of cool. Halsey starts to cut the straps again. Wait, have we done this before? Are we doing this now? Halsey questions. Someone's coming again. Halsey hides back in the closet, but it's not a nurse. It's Dana. And then we cut. We're not in the mental hospital anymore. We're like in an ICU. Martin is outside of his own body. He checks his medical records, brain damage. He is in the hospital following the car accident. He's doing the you know the typical movie like ghost thing where he's like trying to talk to Dana. Yeah, she's not responding. They're spinning that pottery together. He's mm -hmm. fucking reaching his so arms around. Fucking hot. Oh man, sexy as hell, dude. Uh, slimy Jim. He comes in. He kind of tries to comfort Dana a little bit. Martin can't take this shit. He steps away. He opens the closet that he thinks Halsey's in, but it doesn't open to a closet. It opens to like a fucking void, and he falls. He manages to catch himself. He's barely holding on the ledge. And then Jim starts to like, do you hear that? Opens the door, kind of steps out, steps on Martin's fingers. Martin's screaming, eventually like drops, falls through some clouds, splash into some water. Halsey pops up. He's swimming right next to him. This is where I think that Bud Court just fucking kills it. Like right yeah. there. And like he, he's also like kind of changing accents or like dialects in every time. And in this one, he he's putting on like an old timey kind of thing. Uh, we're in my brain. A storm's coming. A brainstorm. And he starts fucking cracking up. He starts going on like, but it's not the storm that'll get us. It's the undersea monsters. And then he's fucking pulled under. Martin's like freaking out. Eventually swims to shore. You get this kind of like inception thing with him up on the water. We get a splash. Thank you. A splash of water on his face. It wakes him up. But he's not on a beach. He's like in a fucking street. And then we got this slimy restaurant manager who's like yelling at him. Get out of here. You're scaring my customers. 
Yeah, may, the actual like maybe you can uh, come back tonight and we'll give you some scraps of food. <laughs> mm-hmm. The manager's not here. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you can, you know, put together like six bucks, you can get uh, uh, five boneless wings for a buck with <laughs> your four dollar burger. <laughs> and then tomorrow we're doing uh, endless pasta. Uh, yeah. Was so every they off- commercial that you had was just Applebee's. <laughs> I would say I got six Applebee's commercials, <laughs> and then about halfway through, it went to Olive Garden. Endless pasta is back. So you were hungry as hell when this movie was over. Oh, dude, I was I was craving some creamy pasta and some fucking breadsticks. <laughs> the boneless wings, uh, shit, eh, whatever. Get in the car, baby. <laughs> I really cannot stress to you how many ads I had on Plex, like- what do you want for dinner, Bones? I could go for a fettuccine Alfredo <laughs> right about now. Free apps and a beer, babe. <laughs> I want cheap noodles and the fucking soggiest salt. Barely a I hint just want of flavor. Salt. I, yes, I want salt in water. I want moisture. Yeah. Can you? I'm a brain. Can you just cover uh, noodles and I, chemicals for me? <laughs> yes. And make a dynamite from an stick. obvious plastic bag. Nobody is that is not freshly made pasta sauce. I rem, you guys remember when? So here it's Breadco. Elsewhere oh. it's Panera. Pantera bread, yeah. Pantera, yeah. Um, it was like. Oh, this like higher class of food, you know, it's fresher. <laughs> just a price. Yes, it's just a premium price. I recall ordering, uh, and they always got this fucked up layout and everything. And the last time I went inside one, it was my last time because we had ordered mac and cheese and I saw the person open up a refrigerator, pull out a like fucking sealed bag, throw it in a microwave, pull it out cut it open and squeeze it into like the little paper bowl. And I was like, there's that. No, that's not worth $8. Mac and cheese is expensive there. A Stouffer's one ninety nine, Same shit. Like microwavable thing is the same thing. So fuck bread co fuck Panera. But I remember France. Check out your local Applebee's. Francis and I went there for some reason, like, it's the only thing that was around or, you know, something like that. And I just, the only memory I have is very distinctly, there was a couple of man and a woman at just like a two-seater booth, you know, like the short booth. And they both had a bread bowl and a side of more bread. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> why didn't you just stay home, eat a fucking loaf of bread? I mean- Jesus Christ. It wasn't the top of the bread bowl? No, they had the extra side, the like the little the half, baguette. Yeah, the little half baguette. You know what fucking restaurant bread I could kill? And I'm sure it's just like a basic rye or pup. Fucking Outback. They have like that dark bread, like a rye or a pumpernickel or something. 
Man, I could fucking kill that bread. I think at the end of this episode... That and a blooming onion. You're going to fucking wake up in a fucking board meeting for big <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> for Applebee's. Yeah, dude. Applebee's, Olive Garden, fucking Outback. Who do you work for, Bones? Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, I'm an accountant. Who do you work for? I work for Applebee's. I'm a menu planner. Give us the Outback algorithm. <laughs> We don't know how to set the grease for the blooming onions anymore. <laughs> All right. So after he's woken up by this splash to the face and the, the fucking chef or whatever offers him some scraps later. Obviously, this guy's just feeling guilty about dousing this fucking poor guy with water. Martin kind of walks away and then he comes up upon his old office building. We cut to him up in the elevator. He gets to his floor. But the office door reads, Dr. John Halsey. What? Inside the office, Martin starts to look around. He opens some windows. He starts to feel some relief. He's like, yeah, this is this is my office. This is it. And then he looks over and he sees a chalkboard full of math equations. And boom. Phone call. John? I'm not Halsey. Who is this? Joe. Wait right there and we'll find out. Yeah, it's Joe. Uh, the elevator opens. Martin hides around the corner. He slips by some goons here. Uh, but he's met by Ellis in the elevator. Ellis calls him Halsey. He slams Ellis up against the wall. I'm not Halsey. Makes him say it. Yeah, you're not Halsey. He gets out of the elevator, but now he's outside of the Eunice HQ. He looks around. He sees that unhoused person from before that fucked up the brain. Uh, This guy's going all Deadwood and yelling cocksucker. He yells it like three or four times. Uh, The homeless guy comes up. Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) Offers him a swig off the bottle for some spare change. You know me. Uh, The street guy, he just rubs off. uh, uh, He he runs off as a rub. I was thinking about the delicious uh, you know, or his baby back ribs you could get from yeah, Applebee's hey, I mean, you, with a when, premium you know, rub. When, when his uh, browser changed over. <laughs> yeah, well, the downside is you got to set through all those uh, shitty commercials, but apparently you get the unrated director's cut. <laughs> features a <laughs> masturbation segment. Uh, I'm done taking notes here. Let's see what's on the... Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's slip over. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Incognito. I would say at this point, because I did do the second watch on Tubi. I took notes the first time. And I would say by this point, I was reaching over and just muting the commercials. like And just staring. Like, try to get some relief. While you were eating a dry, It'd be like, dry pasta noodles. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I I imagine this one was a tough. Uh, this is eight dollars. Note taking process. Yeah, and we have it's it's been a it's been a rough work one week, week since you looked at me. Doctor yep. Adam said, said it, Ari, Ari. Yeah, you <laughs> missed. Uh, I don't know what eight, one week since eight you looked out of at thirteen me? lyrics there. <laughs> Two weeks since you laughed at me. Yeah, all right. So we're going to grind through this thing. All right, so he, he sees see me. 
Jim sitting in a sedan. Get in. Martin hops in. He starts going on about the shit that's been happening. Everything is getting out of hand. They think I'm Halsey. But I thought I killed you. No, I did kill you. I killed somebody. And then Dana was there too. Jim says, it's just bad dreams. No, it's like I'm being dreamed by Eunice for the universe is like a wet dream. By the perception of illusion, we experience reality, says the man in white in the back seat. Jim says, that's Mr. Coughlin. He's head of security. He's been looking for you. We're back in the boardroom, the surgical room, the doctor, or the man in white, or Coughlin, whatever we want to call him. He's about to operate. Martin's head is opened up. He's starting denying that he is Halsey. The board's watching from the other room. They just want a clean slate. Jim butts in and tries to convince Martin that he he is Halsey. In this reality, they they are thinking that him to be Halsey, and they want the equation from him. Three little numbers, Jim yells. Just burn out the core, Kennedy orders. Martin sees himself driving the Cochran mattress truck. He's speeding down the road, flashes back and forth. Eventually, he crashes into himself. Boom. Martin wakes back up. He's in an operating room. I've been having seizures. Did I kill my wife? Completely different doctor this time. He acknowledges him as Martin. This doctor is about to operate, something to try to stop the seizures. Just do no harm, Martin says. The surgery starts. Martin starts to dream himself back in the sanitarium. He's got this obvious fucking giant fake head underneath these bandages, like a Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> like high forehead. He goes into a bathroom. Oh. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah. Halsey, Bud yeah. Court, comes yeah. out of the stall, having just taken a shit. Fire! Washes his hands really quick. Gives him a creepy look. Boom. He throws some paper towel. Uh, he throws his paper towel in the wastebasket. He starts to unroll the bandage. He pulls off the huge wig he's got. I think it's the same wig they had on the homeless guy. <laughs> Unhoused. Unhoused. Sorry. Um, pulls the wig off. He's got this giant fake bald head up underneath. He sees the scar. He starts to panic. He starts to dig into the scar. And he rips off the top of his cranium. A butterfly. Flatline, doctor. We cut back to the operating room. The EKG's beeping. Flatline. The doctor tries to comfort Dana. Well, at least he didn't feel any pain. Then the world's fastest janitor comes in and just starts mopping up while fucking Martin's dead body's laying on this operating table. Just, an- guy. just another day, dude. We black out. We see the fucking giant shelves full of jars of brains. Where am I? Am I dreaming? Or is this death? I'm dead? Great. Huh. I'm dead, I think. I think. Ooh. This should be interesting. That was Brain Dead from 1990. Dream on, dream on. 
Kron, if you uh, if if science proved that if your brain was put in eighty percent gelatin, mm-hmm. that you could live for eternity just in your own brain, mm-hmm. would you would you want that? Uh, like if your consciousness was still absolutely not. I don't like the run I've been on for the last <laughs> thirty five years. So. Same. Yeah. Uh, if we could if actually, we could uh, speed up the process a little bit. I'd be, you know, leaning more that direction than living forever. Dan, how about you? What was the question? Would you, if your consciousness could live on as long as your brain was was inside a jar and intact? No. Let it go with death. All right. Here's the next question. If you could maintain your body, if you had the the Highlander immortality, would you choose that? Uh same answer as before. This one's not really working out too well, so I think I'd give it up to ASAP, Bones. Better luck elsewhere. I don't know. See, I don't know. Because, like, if I was told now, hey, your current state, you're going to stay this way forever, it would totally change the way that you thought, right? And how you acted. Like, oh, I can't die. You might be able to squeeze out a few hundred years of fun. I mean, it is a brain you can always learn. I think I'd rather right. take that Buddhist approach and come back as like a beetle or a grub or something, you know, <laughs> take take a run that way. <laughs> like reset? Yeah. Do you, do you give any stock to that thought that like there's like tears of like consciousness and, and like, you know, you start out as like a maggot and then you're a fly, and then you're a beetle, and then you're a jaguar, and then you're a big anaconda, and then you're a monkey, and then you're your cron in the final stage. Like, we do you think that we weren't good maggots earlier? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I'm trying to reset the. We weren't very loyal. Level one, dude. <laughs> yeah, if life was like roguelike, where you fucking got to reset. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> create a new character, Edge of Tomorrow, and shit. I got the level yeah. 35, and <laughs> I'm getting bored here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looting for loot's sake at this mm-hmm. point. Fuck it, I'm moving over to Lawnmower Simulator. All right, guys, that was Brain Dead 1990. Dan, you got any more trivia? Uh, I got a few gentlemen, and then I got a uh. Some questions. Uh, I've, I've got an Olive Garden advertisement I want to run you through. I mean, this movie raises some pretty serious questions, man. Go pretty consciousness. deep here. Yeah. Uh, 1990, directed by Adam Simon. Um, released January 19th, 1990. Also known as a Parama? Paranoid, I think. Was the alternate title, I guess? I don't know. Uh, budget of Paramore? A- estimated. Did they just release a new album? Uh, they said it's great. I listened to them. There. People love that. Um, that lady. Estimated budget of $2 million. Uh, it took a gross of $1.6 million at the box office. This thing was in, what, in the Philippines? Mm, no. no <laughs> that's, uh, well, I mean, I'm sure it released there. They didn't, it didn't get the Monster Dog treatment? I mean, Monster Dog's one of the biggest top movies in the Philippines. 
Uh, Dr. Rex Martin, his first name was Rex, mentioned that he went to uh, Miskatonic University, which is the college that was mentioned in Reanimator from 1985, um, located in Arkham, Massachusetts, which is a fictional town. Arkham? Uh, we covered the Julie Carmen. Uh, this is very loyal to H.P. Lovecraft. This is all based on that. Um, shot in 20 days. Uh, Bill Pullman does scream, I'm not dead yet in this movie, which he also features a line in The Serpent and the Rainbow from 1988, directed by Mr. Wes Craven. Oh, he was trying to get a I will or I'll be back sort yeah, of pretty much trying to set that thing. Up. He work it in. He was at least trying to get to a trilogy where, you know, you could stitch them together yourself. And that's it, gentlemen. Not very much on old. No, uh, not a whole lot on this <laughs> brain guy. Brain dead here from 1990. But I will say the Five Day Reynolds podcast has covered the brain, brain scan, and brain dead do we want to do we want to rank those that's what that's what we seem to do best i think that ranking would give away the scores that we'll probably <laughs> ah, that's true Kron. good good point so good remember point. that dan let me let me get a grid here we'll do that after america's are the international famous big in ireland big right in the united life. emirates united what's emirates. going on over there thank you guys Thanks. Like we'd love to tour. I've seen that shit on the Apple TV. It looks badass. Oh yeah, Crunt. Another selling point with the Apple TV is the incredible wallpapers and like screens that they th- show up, man. Yeah, dude. Cool. But I will sit there and watch those things all day. I've I, I've watched the drone shot of the Golden Gate Bridge at least forty times. The flyover of New York City at night. Super interesting. Yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. You get this like cool Michael Mann LA. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Like, oh fuck, yeah. I, I know that building from GTA five and Yeah, and then like a fucking wolf runs by. Oh yeah. Aeros uh, uh Aerosmith. Audio slave cuts in. All ladies right. and gentlemen, rate gentlemen, my letterbox. I got a great it's rate my letterbox. Rate my box. Kron, why don't you go first? Uh, gentlemen, hold on. The Letterbox user rating for Brain Dead from 1990, directed by Mr. Simon, there is a 2.9 at the time of this review. Uh, I'm just going to make this easy and give you both a 3.0. Laundry, Dan. Ooh, all right. Uh, this is a uh, add a left field pick for Bones here. Now, Dan, I just want to cut you off. You know you're giving our scores right now, right? Yes. Okay. Sometimes so, you uh, pre. He does have it. <laughs> I think two or three times in the past, he has just revealed his it's rating. One less alcoholic beverage that fixed the situation. Okay. Um, and who in the Discord said that Five Day Reynolds is making us alcoholics? I I've said that several times. <laughs> okay, 
But anyway. Oh, I saw a um, uh, a map of the United States, and it had the stats of people that intake alcohol, like by population. So like New Hampshire was like the highest. Yes. And I don't want to blow up that particular person's spot, but <laughs> New Hampshire by population has the highest rate of intake. I agreed alcohol. with what they said. I agree. So Missouri was pretty high. Now, uh, Tennessee was a little, little thought, on the lower side, I thought, but Missouri was. I thought Missouri would be higher, honestly. Yeah. But uh, we can old New Hampshire out there, just dark, dark brown. That's what they're drinking down to. Gentlemen, um, rate my letterbox. I'm gonna give bones. Yeah, I'm I think I'm gonna go the cron route here. I'm thinking I'm thinking 3.0 for both of you. I'm gonna go 2.5 for both of you. All right, guys. We watched uh Brain Dead. Uh this is a movie. I I kind of didn't have very many notes that I wrote down for this because I at one point I just I liked watching this movie like it had a lot of twists and turns. Um, I think it is both heady but manages to kind of circle back to, you know, a spot that is satisfying by the time that you get to the end. It's not just like so out in the left field that nothing matters anymore. Um I definitely hurt, you know, somewhat by the low budget and um, the 2B transfer is SD. I would I would love to see like a really, really nice presentation of this. I think maybe that would help it out a little bit. Um, but I don't know, man. Like I can't complain about a lot in this. I thought it had a ton of good ideas. I kind of said at the beginning I could see how someone reading this script would be like, this thing's going to cook, man. Like this is going to be a home run play. Um, it's interesting. It's weird. Uh, I almost wish I, I kind of watched like this one and a half times. I almost think the movie should have just ended when he ran himself over. Like, I think that would have been a really cool, like cutoff point. Um, but I don't know, man, I like this movie. I think I'm going 3.5. I was considering. Wow. I was considering going four on this. Like I really enjoyed watching this. I could see on a rewatch possibly moving this up again. So um, I don't know what the average user of Letterbox is doing, but this thing's <laughs> way better than a 2.9 in my book. So there you go. 3.5. Uh, folks, I watched Brain Dead twice. Um, the first time around, once it ended, uh, I also fell asleep twice watching Brain Dead. Uh, when it ended the first time, I was kind of like, uh, I, and I was like, I definitely need to watch this again. Went back again, and I think it just kicked that second time around because. Bud Court just fucking tears it up in this movie. I think he's the best part of it. I think we need a little bit more Bill Paxton. But like I said, we get just a, just enough taste there. Um, It answers everything that it throws out. It goes back to it. Um, It's a great 360, man. Like, it comes back around. Um, 
And by the second viewing, I actually really enjoyed it. I'm going 3.0. Wow. I did the inverse of what I think is 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 proper and what I normally do. Normally I, I watch the movie and then I come back and do notes. I was a little pressed for time, so I wanted to squeeze in and try to do the notes. On the first watch, I made the mistake of trying to watch it in HD on Plex and was burdened with a bunch of ads, got through my notes. At the end of that, I was at a two. I thought this thing's lacking a little bit, I think, in its structure, what it was trying to do. But I wanted to be fair to to the budget and what they were trying to accomplish. When I went back and watched it again, the performances definitely elevated the movie. I like the ending. Um, I do agree with you, Dan, that you needed a little bit more Paxton, and I think in that you you needed a little bit more with the wife. Maybe you get to you know the switch a little bit faster, or you build out the later part of the movie. Script wise, the dialogue is pretty good. It being heady, it was a little tough, and I just. I was kind of indifferent. It didn't really suck me in, but I want to be fair to the performance and the budget. I come down at a 2.5. All right. So, Kron, while you're calculating that, what I would like to do is maybe try to accommodate, let's say somebody came to our show from the crossover event and their new two five-day rentals and they somehow managed to get through all the dentistry talk and the Slipknot album review and all of our bullshit and what we try to present. We make the show that we like. It's for us. Rate My Letterbox is a game. Obviously, we are trying to figure out what the other two people would rate this thing. This is ultimately our way of trying to figure out who's going to draft in which order in our rewinds. So we rate this bad boy. Kron crunches the average. We rank it and we throw it on our big list. And then our points from the Rate My Letterbox game, they go. So they do mean something here. So with that, Kron, have you crunched the average? I have, guys. Without further ado, uh, Brain Dead would have an average rating from the three of us of a perfect 3.0. All right. Uh, this would land at number 36 on our big list out of 79 movies at this point. Uh, it would be right below Drive from 1997 at 35 and right above Hostage. At 37. We got a little, little Bones Dan sandwich there. Nice little right. Oreo. All right. Kron, if you're ready for the Rate My Letterboxd Absolutely. results. Laundry Dan finished with a 1. Kron, you got a 1.5. Bones got a 0. 0.5. 
thought you guys would be a little harder on this thing. So I'm actually I'm actually excited that uh, you guys enjoyed this as much as you did. I like this movie, man. Like <clears throat> I was trying to think of um cuz I I think you guys both liked um Dead Heat more than I did. And this is almost Yeah. Like I I feel like the way you feel about that movie is pretty probably pretty close to how I felt about this movie. Like yeah. it it's definitely rough and it, you know, could have used a bigger budget and a bit more, you know, finesse, but at the end of the day, really enjoyed watching it. So there's something to the humor in this too. Like when they really play into the humor, especially like Bud Court or anytime Pullman is like kind of freaking out, like with the, I'm a pimple person or a purple people. Mm-hmm. Like I really liked that. And it was so sparse. And I wish there was a little bit more of that. But then some of the stuff that they try to do, like the homeless guy stuff doesn't really play as funny. And I couldn't tell if they were trying to, to I'm sorry, Dan, unhoused. Um, uh, so I kind of wish they would have leaned into that more where Dead Heat did. Um, but yeah, I can see that. Those These are like two comparable watches. Like you could really, you could like watch Brain Dead and then roll into Dead Heat. Like that would be like a cool, like one is the brain living on and the other is the body living on. Mm-hmm. You know, a cool double feature there. Dan, you got anything else? I was going to say, uh, out of our brain trilogy here on the show, what would you rank there? So there's brain dead, brain scan, and what's the third one? The brain. The brain. Wow. Seeing as Kron has none in that, let's uh, let's start with Kron. Man, it's hard to pick between two of those. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely. Um, the brain is in last place. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm trying to look at what I gave to brain scan originally. All right. So I'm just going to go with like my original scores. I'm going to go number one, brain dead. Number two, brain scan. Number three, the brain. That'd be mine. I'm flipping brain scan and brain dead for sure. I think I gave brain scan a three maybe a 3.5 brain scans that a little more fun you know it's just kind of yeah um leaning into it a little bit more so and there's a nostalgia factor for me like i think we did that for what parental advisory or something yeah like viewer discretion yeah. advised maybe like yeah. that was one that i watched way too young and terrified me and then watching it again i had a blast so um all right, guys. So this this would have this is dropping after our crossover. We have not recorded it. We are. I don't know about you guys. I'm super excited. I think it's going to be a beast. Is. It's a beast of a thing. We have been trying to get this going for a while. We have some fantastic guests. Um, I want to thank them. I'm going to thank the shit out of them. They're going to be annoyed with how much I thank them. Um. So thank you, anybody that's voted and listened to that. We do ask everybody. You know. Listen to the whole thing. Really think about the list. The The voting will be live. It will be for charity. Um, if you guys don't have anything else, let's fucking close this thing up. We'll come back for an after showers. And Dan's got a movie to drop on us. So uh, for Laundry Dan, for Cron Howard, I have been Bones. This was Brain Dead, 1990. 
Crash and burn. Buddies forever. Crash and burn. Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Day Reynolds Podcast. You're here with us on the After Shower Show. Hopefully, you uh, wash that hair with uh, gelatin. No poo. Gelatin. No poo shampoo. And, Look into uh, it, man. You don't need to be stripping your your hair of all of its natural oils and shit. Look at this. <laughs> He's brushing his hair. Mm-hmm. And. The headphones do me no favor doing these recordings. Dude, we don't need to see your pubes, dude. Jesus Christ, a rat fell out of it. Um, but welcome back, y'all. Uh, we are in the. That's how Bushy's pubes are. There's a rat that can hide in there. Hey, does the carpet match the drapes? Hey, uh, we've got a good thing going. He keeps me clean. <laughs> I give him a place to live. <laughs> and he uh, taught you how to cook. It's weird so. during sex. He also trained me to be a ninja. <laughs> God, rats do amazing work in this world. Yeah, I've been preaching it for years, dude. Um, we are in the the dead center here, the eye of the storm of the Paxton Pullman paradox. Which great name, by the way, Bones. Thank you. I like it. Um. And I know Karan is is waiting very patiently so he can decide on what he's going to pick for our third pick, but you get you're stuck with me. Um, as I was watching Brain Dead from 1990, directed by Adam Simon, I was very grateful because the movie that I chose, I think would be a phenomenal double feature with um with brain dead there. And Kron, I am I'm gonna go with Bill Paxton here. I think he just has a little bit more pop to his uh filmography there. That doesn't mean you have to stick with Mr. Pullman. But um we're gonna jump two years And we're going to go to 1992 and we're going to take a rare Bill Paxton lead. And we are going to go with the vagrant directed by Chris Wallace gentlemen, which is available on Tubi. Has anybody seen this flick? We got to pitch these guys a fucking show, man. You know, When I was looking into these filmographies, I came across this title, and I thought that I had seen this movie, but I realized I had seen a very similarly premised movie that has Gary Busey in it, and I can't remember (laughs) what the name of it is. Michael Ironside. Hell yeah. A businessman buys a house. But he has a hard time trying to get rid of its previous tenant, a dirty bum. 
unhoused. That tells you all you need to know folks. right there. I mean, um, like I said, I'm not going to give much away, but you will see the comparisons to um, Brain Dead there as we're going through this. I think, um, I just think. From what I took from this, yes, there are some more popular titles with Mr. Paxton there that I know have been brought up before on this show. But I really think he's the lead here. I think we should let that shine and uh, let's see what he's got. You know, I've watched it already just to to pre-check it. So, and I think it. I think it screams five day rentals. I think this is right, yeah. right up the alley for five day rentals. So I, like I said, I know there's some more popular stuff out there that we probably could have got into, but I feel like I'm playing cards with my brother's kid. Uh, I set him up, Cron. I set him up for it. But I know that's all right. Wait, uh, the I, fact that you don't know what no. movie that's from, Dan, makes me I know sad. what movie that's from, and. You guys should have known from the top that I wasn't going to take that. Because that would have automatically been in the top five. I don't know about that. I mean, due to the integrity of the list, I did not choose that one. There were three that I was bouncing between that I not necessarily hoped, but I I was like, I think maybe that's that's where he'll go. Who thought near dark? Not was me. that one of them? I wouldn't have thought Near Dark because I think mm-hmm. I, if I recall, you fucking love Near Dark. I do. Which I you got it. You got it at three and a half. Probably should be higher, but yeah, Kron got a three. It's okay. I we'll we'll talk about it after Kron picks because by the rules, like you stated, Kron doesn't necessarily have to pick a Pullman. I think he's a man of honor, and we'll try that, but. Afterwards, we'll I would, we'll discuss the the three that I was kind of fingers crossed we'd get. I was really Kron, was wait. was this movie in your like realm? Uh, well, I mean, when I was looking at these, I did come across the title and I read that same description like, uh, someone's in the house and it's a dirty bum. And I was like, that sounds like a five day rentals movie. So, um, yeah, when I saw the title, I was like, I could see that possibly you know showing up here all right i was really hoping to pick and you'd be like god damn it no all right well that's good he's a man of of steel resolve mm-hmm. that crown i'm glad you have an open open canvas yeah i'm i was really waiting for you to pick before i even really you know started digging Delve in. into it so yep But yeah, I guess, I mean, that's my pick. That's what you got to watch. Bill Paxton, Michael Ironside, Marshall Bell. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to do this one. So, uh, listeners, it is available on Tubi. Check it out and follow along with us here on the Five Day Rentals. I almost said five star. Five Day Rentals podcast. Give us a five star rating. That's what that's what I meant to say. It helps. But gentlemen, anything else? Uh, said we got the crossover going on as we speak. We are less than two days away. 
Mm-hmm. We have yet to record. We are. Hopefully, it yeah, it might fuck up. It may not ever come out. Yeah. Well, I'm excited, Dan. Thank you for this pick. Thank you for the category. You got it, buddy. Uh, thank you both for kicking my ass and rate my letterboxed. You know, the last two rounds I've absolutely sucked. We started strong. You had, yeah. you had like two wins in a it row. It was a fluke. Yeah. That we can't let Kron win again. Yeah, you and I should probably rig something. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Choose how it goes. I wish, I just wish we had like, we know we have listeners. We have a little bit of engagement. I wish we had a little bit more. I wish there was a way to kind of get some. It was kind of nice, like talking to Brantley and and like you know getting some intake on the list. You know, we don't ever really get anybody coming in and saying blah 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 should be higher, or whatever. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd l- like to get a little bit more listeners. This show is built for your input. Yeah, it really is. A lot of these listeners are just, uh, you know, sad, lonely perverts that don't don't want to talk to us. Cron, don't insult our listeners. They're awesome people. Yeah. All right. I think, Cron, are you trying to invite some, some dicks in your DMs there? <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't, uh, don't talk about the list, but blow up my inbox, you know? Let's get out of here, Dan. Uh, folks, join us next week for The Vacant from 1992. It's on Tubi. Check it out. Uh, vote all you can up in that crossover event. And, uh, I mean, there's nothing much else to say on this show, but <laughs> crash and burn. Crash and burn. Cyber Christ lives. <gasps>